Hey everyone, TV's Kevin Lanigan here. Uh, I hope you enjoy this bonus episode we're putting out for you, where myself and Vern and Justin, the old Hedgepod crew, get back together to discuss Scoob. Uh, we recorded this about a month ago, and um, I, I think it's very funny. I hope it brings you some solace in these trying times. Um, but it was also before a lot of things happened, so we do make a few jokes about cops. I cut a few out, but just, uh, you know, that can be a sensitive, uh, topic right now, so I wanted everyone to be aware of that up top, um, and I, I hope you enjoy almost two and a half hours of us talking about a fucking cartoon dog movie, but as much as we want to provide a distraction, we don't want people to ignore what is going on right now. Uh, so follow the link in uh, the description of this episode to find out different ways that you can donate, different ways that you can volunteer, uh, different ways that you can read up and educate. Bye-bye. What, what I love about the Santa Claus with an E uh, trilogy is that not only is the conceit of your first movie about the fine print of a contract, but that is what you base every premise of your movie on. Like, these three Christmas movies that your mom watches at the holidays are all about intimate contract law. Because the second one says right. that he must marry Elizabeth Mitchell from TV's Lost because Santa must have a wife. It's in his contract that he must find a wife within a year or so of being Santa or he will no, long, no longer be Santa, I guess. Um, and then the, the third movie with Martin Short is all about Santa's like contractual holiday and vacation pay that he can like take time Wait, off really? with a substitute and the substitute is Jack Frost as played by Martin Short. It's about like the 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 benef his employee benefits <laughs> as the being perks Santa. Of being Santa. <laughs> they I a franchise that manages to strip all magic and whimsy out of the premise of Santa Claus by making it about contract law. Yeah, of course. And and Tim Allen trying uh -huh. his damnedest to be the butchest Santa ever. Yeah, he's he's not he's not one of those Santa pussies. He's like a real man no. Santa. <laughs> back when back yeah. when Santa was a man. Before this new soy cuck Santa. Yeah. Uh, Zoink, Scoob! The only way we're gonna get out of this one is if I trap myself in hell. Aw. Shaggy. Well, no, what happens is he just meets Scrappy-Doo in hell, and he guides you like Virgil guides Dante. 
<laughs> through the no. nine circles of Hanna-Barbera hell. No, we all know that Scrappy is the betrayer. He is trapped in ice in the, in the lowest <laughs> level of hell alongside Judas Iscariot and Satan himself. We all no, know no, it. No, 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 what he does. No, the thing is, thrice-headed Scrappy, Scrappy sits in the bottom of hell holding Jabberjaw... Magilla Gorilla and the atomic ant in his uh, frozen teeth. Thrice did Scrappy defy our lord. Thrice did he deny that he knew him. <laughs> and so who Scrappy is, must. Who was a dog that was Scooby's cousin that was Scooby like a hillbilly? Scooby Dumb, who actually wanted to be a detective and he lived in Louisiana. Okay. He I was knew a he real silver boy. Did Snoopy have a hillbilly cousin first, or did Scooby have a hillbilly cousin first? I can't tell you, honestly. Okay. All right, now we can figure this out, but I need the fucking name of Scooby's or Snoopy's little hillbilly cousin. Does anyone have what, this information? What was Not, his name? No. I can tell you what he looks like, but I can't tell you his name. Didn't watch the Peanuts. Well, that is a damn shame. Well, he the, was in the I script need as you. well, but I don't know. Uh, well, this fucking, this Scooby-pedia article is useless, because like all Pedia articles, it's written as if Scooby-Dumb is a real person whose <laughs> life must be documented, instead of as a fictional person, where you could give me, like, his first appearance date, <laughs> because it's like, Scooby-Dumb was born in a back alley, and I'm like, I don't need <laughs> this! What's I need you type? to tell me what is when Scooby-Dumb... Scooby Scooby Dumb uh, is oh he's a positive oh that's no good you can't date an a positive oh oh, he he, he's a typical a positive yeah I'm not getting I'm getting fucking absolute dick on Scooby Dumb I'm not getting a goddamn thing for that idiot dog so this is a pod called Scooby Doo uh, the show where we never tell you Scooby Dumb's origin story because I cannot find it. But folks, folks, we're back to yell about children's cinema. That's yeah, right. it's just our thing we do now. It's, it's just it's, it's, every time they make a terrible addition to a long-standing pop cultural property, a hard reboot that sucks shit. We hop back on the mic and talk. We gab about it like a little sewing circle, yeah, we and do. we. And that's Wait, our thing. We, we're really excited to, to talk to you all again whenever the uh, the new SpongeBob movie comes out, where Gary gets lost again. Uh, we're, we're we're here for the long haul, and all these movies for babies get released. I, I am not talking about the third SpongeBob movie. I ain't doing fourth, it. But if fourth. they, oh Jesus! But if they reboot SpongeBob, if for some reason in 2023 they hard reboot SpongeBob. And it's like a cornflakes advertisement that uh, <laughs> that heavily well, no, features. No. If they try to hard reboot SpongeBob and they try to tie it in with the Angry Beavers and Ren and <laughs> then Skippy. we'll be back. If if oh, if yeah, SpongeBob the, is the Nick in a cinematic universe. If SpongeBob is in a car driven by Famke Jansen, then we'll be back. But until that time. <laughs> We uh, we must save our uh, precious mm-hmm. pop cultural uh, 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 chime-ins uh, for when something really strikes our fancy. Doolittle didn't qualify, but mm-hmm. it's time. It's it's Scoob time, baby. It's Scoob o'clock. 
a movie sold to you as a Scooby-Doo origin story and delivered to you as a movie where Blue Falcon dabs. This is Scoob released directly to your living room. Hold uh, up. Hold up. We've already we've already got an, uh, uh, an error. We've already got a factual incorrect statement. It is not Scoob. It is Scoob! Because it's got an exclamation point. It's... Okay, well, in all fa- it's it's better than the original title, which is going to be Scoo S period C period O yes. period O yes. period B period. Yes. Oh no! It was going to be an acronym for something. Something uh, comes out of butts. Well, no, they've been working on this movie like they they've been trying to re- they because I remember reading about this movie in like 2010. Yeah, they've been they've been working they on this tried, bad boy. They wanted for a to long relaunch time. a like Hanna Barbera connected universe, but they just been working on this movie forever. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because whenever I was watching this movie, I was mm-hmm. thinking about it, and this is going to come up later on in this podcast as well. But like, I think it's probably fair to say that like, Scoob Scooby Doo is number five on the top five most famous cartoon characters ever. Oh, it's probably, handedly. Probably, like, I feel like it's probably, like, Mickey, then Bugs. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know who uh, three and four are, but I feel like Scooby-Doo's number five. Um, Mickey, but I was, Bugs, I, I think he's more popular Bob. than, like, Snoopy. Yeah. Oh, certainly. At this point, well, yeah, Scooby has, a, has certainly maintained his popularity... Uh, stronger yes. than than Snoopy, or certainly but, better than any of his Hanna Barbera compatriots. But I was I was thinking about it whenever I was watching this movie, and before going into this movie, is like, how did we get Peanuts, and how did we get Peabody and Sherman before we got this movie? But that makes sense if they they kept like literally and figuratively screwing the pooch and uh, yeah. fucking up the movie. And <laughs> they, they, they couldn't make this movie work somehow. And they well, never they still did. Can't. <laughs> they still can't. No, they, they failed. They failed to make this movie work. They did not succeed. Uh, and there was, you know, I don't know how legit this concept art was, but, you know, some popped up in my feed of, like, the mystery machine in the middle of a wacky races scenario. And, like... That seems like a much more logical way to uh, uh, introduce this universe. Whereas my think their plan is, is that Wacky Races is like their Avengers, right? You're We're building this cinematic universe yes. to the point where uh, Captain Caveman can pilot his little rock car. And, Except and it's they like, already did that. It's called Yogi Bear's Space Race and it's shitty. And we all remember it. We all know everything about Yogi Bear Space Race, Justin. It's got everyone's favorites, like Jabberjaw, uh, Buford, the Buford from the Buford Files, and the Minor Ghost from Scooby Doo. Guys, we're getting into a lot of territory that I've thought a lot about and have. I've I took notes for this movie. Vern, could you summarize the plot to this movie? Okay, um... There isn't one. No, there is! There's too much! I will try... Yes. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it now. 
And it's probably obvious from my tone. It's probably obvious by my general disposition. It's probably obvious, like, if you saw me at work, you could tell I didn't like this movie, even if I didn't say anything to you. Vern like, comes just, into just... work, bent over double, morose, hard bags under his eyes, and and you just look your boss directly in the face and go, scoop. Yeah, like... His hair scoop. wet from the thundercloud raining upon it over his head. Just, and only just... him... I was in the middle of my, you know, my shift, just like five hours into my shift. I've been working silently, noiselessly all day long. And then finally my boss comes up to me. He's like, Vern, did you not like Scoob? Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Vern, did we you not like Scoob. Your, your performance has suffered as of late. And uh, we wanted to know, mm-hmm. did you not like Scoob? <laughs> I didn't like Scoob. Did you um, get the Scoob? And I'm going to say it now. And this, this, this thought would be better for the end of this podcast, but I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it now. Like, Hit it. First off, it's not fair to a movie to criticize a movie for what it isn't. You should criticize it for what it is. Agreed. Yes. But I think that Scooby-Doo, like, Scooby-Doo has entered that kind of thing where even if you've never seen a frame of anything Scooby-Doo, you know what Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. is. Um, he's, he's, an, he's an icon right up there with like, yes. Superman. before I had heard a song by Elvis Presley, I knew what Elvis was. Absolutely. And I think that's yes. where, where Scooby-Doo is. Absolutely. And yes, it's not fair to say like what this movie isn't, but this movie should have been one of two different things. Mm-hmm. This movie should have been either A, Knives Out for Babies, or oh. B, <laughs> the Lego movie, but... Instead of Cowboy World, Underwater World, Space World, it's different universes from Hanna-Barbera shows. Yes. No, I, it you're absolutely right. It is neither of those movies. It's it's amazing because this is, the I think, the first real Scooby-Doo movie we've gotten where they don't even try to do a mystery. They do. So they do. I guess, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go into the plot. They do enough of a mystery to scratch that bubble. It's 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 the same way as like whenever your partner gets mad at you for not contributing to the and so you go like you wash the dishes once. Mm-hmm. It's 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 that version of it. They do <laughs> one barely their mystery and then it becomes its own thing. So this movie, um, it's it starts out as an origin story. Uh, we have Shaggy and Scooby as little babies. Scooby is a well, stray. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Uh, I would I would just like to clear they are not together. We must together. see. We must see how Shaggy and Scooby comped together. We, we have to see how he gets his name. See. Not even that. We have to see how Scooby is named. Yeah, alright. So yes. this is this is the first example of what I call some solo a Star Wars story bullshit. Where <laughs> where A character cannot just be named Han Solo. That must be... There must be a moment where that is given to him. Wolverine cannot just wear a leather jacket. His leather jacket must have been gotten at an important moment in time. Scooby-Doo cannot just be a dog that says R's instead of other consonants. That Which must he doesn't be, do in this movie. That must be an he acknowledged does. He does flaw. once for a joke. Yes, yes, he does it two times for the exact same... It's Joke is a strong word where someone says, like, my name is Shaggy. And he's like, 
Raggy. And they're like, no, Shaggy. As if it's not important, as, as if it's not impressive enough that the dog can talk. <laughs> we must criticize his enunciation. <laughs> it's in, in, we don't, it, it's, this is one of those things that exists in these modern movies where nothing can just be that way because, oh, it just is that way. It must always be that way for a specific re Like, CinemaSins wrote this movie, where they're like, mm -hmm. uh, isn't it weird that Scooby-Doo always says R at the front of his words? That's not how words are. Ding! Like, that is all, that is what this movie is to me. It's too much storytelling getting in the way of storytelling. Yes. It's oh. that dumb thing that, like, and I struggle with this whenever I'm writing anything where it's just like, whenever I first start a project or first start something, I'm like, well, how did this happen? How did this happen? And then I realize, like, it doesn't matter. If you build the world, the story comes after. You know what I mean? It doesn't yes. matter, like, what street they live on. It doesn't matter the name of the street. Just lay out the world first and then. If there are details that need to be filled in, you will fill it in. But, like, mm -hmm. especially with Scooby-Doo, as, as I said, like, one of the most famous cartoon characters ever, like, it doesn't matter how he got his name. It doesn't matter how he got his collar. It is Scooby-Doo. Like, it's just, it's just there. How um, did Mickey Mouse get his white gloves? It, it, it's... It, like no, the right. thing is, the thing is, Bugs's Bugs Bunny's real name is a Bertrand. But when he was about to go on stage to a talk show, he told the uh, PA, "Hey, when you call me on, can you call me Bugs?" And then that he he shot the host, of the, <laughs> and then he the shot Elmer show. Fudd, talk show host. Yeah. <laughs> it was his name was actually the Scooby Doo, but they said yeah. drop the the, it's cleaner. Absolutely. What are you? What are you? Some doobying Scooby? Yeah, so we are uh, uh, replete with that throughout this movie, and I just, I just want to say, you know, I was yes. a kid, and I grew up loving Scooby Doo, as kids do. Like kids love talking dog, silly mysteries, bright colors. Kids love Scooby Doo, but when we're criticizing Scoob, it's not like they fucked up The Godfather. Like it is this no. stupid property for babies that has always been dumb. It's it's very silly, and that's okay. Um, but I just, you know, we're about to get very animated about taking down Scoob, and I want the audience to know that, like, I'm a 27-year-old man. I can only get yes. so mad about Scoob. I'm just trying to right. entertain you a little bit. I'm not actually, like... They ruined my childhood. <laughs> no, it's... Look, the, and here's the thing. The beauty about Scooby-Doo... Is that it is one of the few proper, like, movie character, one of the few cartoon characters to successfully have an incarnation every going every year. Yeah. Like, Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny don't pull that off. No. They've been they've been pretty dormant as characters for a long time, Mickey and, yeah. and Bugs. Mickey uh, whereas, especially. Mickey exists mm -hmm. as a mascot instead of a character now. Yeah. Um, right. But and then, yeah, like they only started doing like shorts with Mickey like a couple years ago, and they only made him funny in like 2018. Um, and I, I, I will say that like, same as what Kevin said, I'm not someone who's like, I don't think Scooby Doo wasn't my childhood. I don't think this movie ruined my childhood by its depiction uh -huh. of Scooby Doo. But I still like is... good movies. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I still like good movies. 
I still like it where if I'm going to pay $20 for a movie, it's going to be a good movie. And Kevin was kind enough to pay for this movie for me. Um, Your Patreon money at work. Patreon.com. Because he knew that I wouldn't watch it any other way. Uh Um, But but I'm not a person that thinks, like, this movie ruined my childhood or anything. But there's a frustration that comes with it where it's like, all you had to do is make macaroni and cheese. Mm. And... By trying to, like, they tried to doll it up, and by dolling it up, they burnt the entire pan, and, like, the macaroni's not good. Like, like, if you had just stuck to the formula, it would have been fine. I don't want cut-up hot dogs in this. I don't want... What they did is they tried making mac and cheese with a cheeseburger and a cheese pizza also in it. Yes. they, They didn't fuck up mac and cheese by trying to do the nice baked mac and cheese with breadcrumbs. They fucked up mac and cheese because they dumped a bunch of M&Ms in there and they, they like poured, uh, whipped cream on top. And you're like this, I don't know what the fuck you're trying to do with this mac and cheese. They made something Shaggy and Stevie would eat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this movie is They made a Ninja Turtle pizza out of this movie. (laughs) This is this movie is a cinematic version of Shaggy uh, pushing some ham and some bread together like playing cards, uh, <laughs> um, but instead of ham and bread, it's ham, bread, Hershey's chocolate bars, <laughs> mac- macaroni and cheese, like the napkin stuff. at the restaurant. Yes, a um, remote control for a television. Like it's just. This curdled mess of shit that does not make any sense. And they shove so... They try to put so much shit in here that by the time you get to the third act of the movie, they're introducing new concepts. Like how Fred loves the van. Okay. Right. Uh, No, no, they show show one shot of Fred loving the van when they recreate the uh, intro. Right. Or they, they have to... Yes, that was the one... That's the one thing that was different. They recreate the intro of the original show. And trust us, folks, 20 minutes into this podcast, we will get to the plot of this movie. <laughs> but um, at one point in the movie, they recreate the opening to the original show in this new style. And the one shot that is different is they have Fred on a picnic with the Mystery Machine van. Yeah, no. And that's the Which, only thing that's different from the opening. Yeah. But then and part instead, of the plot is have... them selling the mystery machine, and Fred does not, like, speak up about it. He does not say, no, Whoa. we can't sell the mystery machine. It just... And you get to the third act of this movie, and you have, you know, uh, uh, Velma, who has to suddenly go, like, oh, yes, of course, Alexander the Great built a gateway to hell that can only be accessed. And you're like, where is this coming from? <laughs> And why does your Scooby-Doo movie end with Shaggy trapped in the Greek why, underworld? Why did they make Scooby-Doo the last living descendant of Alexander the Great's dog? His, His famous, famous dog, dog that we all know he has. It's all, it's all too much. And it's like, all it needs to be is dumb kids and a dog solving a mystery. That's all it needs to be. And it's... That's... It's 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 a formula that has worked for 50 years. Exactly. Uh, Nor I... There's there's very few people on Earth that I dislike more than Mike Love. 
from the Beach Boys, but in this case, Mike Love is right. You don't fuck with the formula. Mm-hmm. Like, this doesn't need to be Smile or Pet Sounds. This can be Surfing USA, and it will be fine. That is an analogy that will only work for me, but it's okay I because it only people will listen to this. I think it checks out. Um, I think it checks out. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's 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 break the let's get to the plot because there's let, let's let this thing die on the dissection table because shall we? we are we are doing to we are being this movie to this movie <laughs> by not just getting <laughs> um so. The movie starts. Shaggy's a little a little boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Scooby is a stray. Scooby is stealing a big piece of meat from a butcher. He's being chased by the police. Yeah, he's stealing and... the gyro meat. Just any meat. He's stealing a gyro, the famously Greek meat that doesn't tie into the ending at all. Yes, uh, this... No, they're planting new, careful seeds, Justin. They're, the, they're putting grease in your mind. The only, oh, the no, only no, thing that happens... Oh, no, they planted seeds. This is a fucking BuzzFeed article of a film. Sorry, continue, verse. <laughs> the only thing that happens in this in this uh, this whole opening sequence of them being little kids that pays off at any way in the later part of the movie is... And pays off is so generous. Um, but it's <laughs> Scooby getting the collar and then Shaggy being a fan of Blue Falcon. Don't worry, we'll get to that. Um, but the police are upset, not because Scooby has committed theft, but because he's a stray. And Scooby earns Shaggy's trust, uh, or vice versa, I don't know. And then Shaggy's like, oh, this is actually my dog. Uh, you can't take him away. He's my. He's not a stray. He's my dog. Yeah. And from that, Shaggy and Scooby become best friends because I, we need yeah. to know how these cartoon characters became friends. And can it's, I just... It's the intro to every kid's movie with a dog in it. Yes. yes. The only blue life that matters is Huckleberry Hound. So, <laughs> now that I've said that... <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, Vern, I, I have want bad news. That on a t-shirt, Vern. <laughs> God damn, that's good. Can I can I address one thing before we leave this opening sequence? Because I do think it is important. Yes. This movie gets basic cinematic language wrong from the literal first <laughs> second it can. Allow me. This movie, while we are watching the the WB logo happen in front of our you know the company that proudly gave us the lego movie the best animated Mm. movie last decade they start playing tupac's california love now yes when i the audience member start hearing a song before i even see an image from your actual movie that tells me this the movie is set while this song is popular Uh. am i wrong you know, no, Iron that's... Man 3, you open with Eiffel's uh, I'm Blue telling the audience exactly what year the beginning of Iron Man 3 takes place. And that's just a basic example. Mm-hmm. You can open your movie with any song, but if it's playing over the production titles, that tells me this movie takes place in 1993 when California Love is blowing up the charts. But then Shaggy gets out his iPod Nano mm-hmm. and starts listening no, to an Ira Glass podcast. It's an i like it's an iTouch. Okay. So that is that's wrong. 
from the no, get-go. Yeah, yeah. That's wrong. So that <laughs> tells wrong. me that you only put that song in the movie because it takes place in California. Oh, yes, where, on Venice Beach. Where there are 40 more popular, more recent songs about California. California girls just being off the dome. Uh, yes. Katy Perry featuring Snoop yeah. Dogg. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, but but AT and T doesn't have access to those songs. You're wrong from Jump Street, which owns Warner Brothers. But am I crazy for saying this? Am I no, am no, I that's, wrong? That's entirely accurate, and it also leads into a point I'm going to be making later on in the movie, or later on in the review of the movie, in that part of the formula of Scooby Doo has become leaning into the kitschy aesthetic of Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um. Part of the part it's of the very Stranger uh, Things in that regard. Yes, and also kind of like realizing it's Scooby Doo, so they don't have to take it seriously. Um, you would have gotten so much mileage out of using like California Girls by the Beach Boys. Yeah. Um, play Just it make like it a period piece. Make make it a period piece, or make it um. This is going to be the second podcast I, I, I talk about this movie on, but make, make it the 90s Brady Bunch movie yes. where the Mystery Machine gang is stuck in the 60s, but the rest of the world is present day. Yeah, hilarious. That's a great, that's oh, a yeah. great joke no, right there. The Brady Bunch movies are amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially that first one. Uh, Jennifer Elise Cox, uh, I'm a big fan. I stand Jennifer Elise Cox as Jan Brady. Um... But there's a, there's a few other points, and it kind of does that in this movie, but it's one of those things where, like, like Shaggy, or excuse me, like Scooby doing the R's instead of other letters twice, it's another thing where it's like, they don't do it enough that it becomes mm-hmm. a bit, and they do no. it so late in the movie. It's with Fred and his, uh, his ascot. Yeah. And that's them leaning into the kitschiness of it, but they've not done it at any point prior to the movie, so it doesn't work. Right, but um, after we've met Simon Cowell. Like, the ascot yes. bit oh, okay. does not... Co- oh, okay, we'll Again, okay. Again, further we proof, are... this movie has been in development for a decade when they bring in Simon Cowell, who, for the record, stopped being relevant five years before this okay. movie went into production. Let's let's blow through some points, because I've got a lot to say about this. Let's blow through some plot points. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because... Shaggy lies to a police officer, and I don't regret my joke about Huckleberry Hound. Because Shaggy <laughs> lies to a police officer, um, Scooby-Doo becomes Shaggy's pet, becomes his best friend. Shaggy takes Scooby-Doo home and shows off his collection of Blue Falcon memorabilia. That is very, very important. popular character. Hannah we'll Barbera get to that too because I have a big thing about Blue that. Blue Falcon. We all love uh, him. We all remember him. And this is not the first time I've ever seen him. No, no, no. We will get there. We will get there. I have a big thing about that. Okay. okay. Um, so we get into the part of the movie where it, the only part of the movie where it feels like Scooby-Doo. And it is Shaggy and Scooby going out on Halloween as little kids. And they're in costumes. And they're being bullied by... Uh, Little Juggalos. Um, they're and Juggalos. Juggalos. They're kids in clown makeup. <laughs> no, um, they're definitely Juggalos. <laughs> and the the Little Juggalos take all the candy that Shaggy and Scooby have collected from trick-or-treating and throw it into a spooky mansion. 
I don't remember quite how it happens, but they bump into meet uh, young Fred, young Daphne, Fred, and Daph, and Velma. Velma. They see the young lad and his dog in need, and Fred comes over wearing his knight in shining armor outfit. Uh, yes. Daphne is, of course, representing another proud Warner Brothers property in uh, Wonder Woman, Wonder and Wonder. Velma, who, as we all know, was the original girl boss, is dressed as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Another joke that little babies would just completely... F- and I'm okay with jokes for adults being in children's movies, but it's not even a joke. You know, no, it's just... Ruth Bader Ginsburg stopped being a punchline, like, two years ago. Yes. it's It's a thing for... It's it's a thing for the kids whose mom, like the moms for the kids who get this movie, for mm-hmm. the moms to see that and go, yes, queen. It's for that. Um, so, <laughs> And if Scoob the, had been released in theaters, you could have at that moment heard the snaps coming from round the theater. Uh, yes, queen. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, so the Fred, Daphne, and Velma help... Shaggy and, and Shaggy and Scooby are too afraid to go into the spooky house where the juggalos threw their candy. So Fred, <laughs> Daphne, and Velma help them go into this house, and they encounter a ghost. Right. As well they um, should. As well they should. As they should, absolutely. Um, it is during this sequence that they realize, as they should, this ghost is actually a man in a rigging system. And also... This man has been uh, not only stealing electronics, but has a elaborate storage setup. Yeah, uh, like a really looks, nice basement. Like it looks like a electronics warehouse. Like it looks like the back of a. He's target. got shelving um, for everything. Like this yeah. is an operation. Really nice lighting. And yeah, again, uh, uh, we know that this man is white because uh, the LAPD let him live at the end of this little escapade. <laughs> yes. Um, we're I, that might come audience. out in the edit. That might come out in the edit. <laughs> uh, it's true, though. It's true. It's true. It's totally I, true. Between the three of us, a lot of we know it to be true. It's offensive because it's fucking true. Okay, like yeah. you gotta grow up. Okay, as just, said by a thirty-year-old man who's talking about Scooby Doo right now. I don't disagree yeah. with my statement. I merely do not know if this is the right outlet for it. Yes, it's. This is a good point. Good point. Um, so, uh, very, very, like, like, very, uh, like, democratic socialist podcast. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, this is Chapo. Welcome to Chapo. They, they solve a mystery and the, the gang is like, we should do this forever. Um, and they recreate the intro of the original show, uh, updated, it's, you know, updated recording of the Mm -hmm. song. But Um, it's cute. The one thing that's. The, the, the the 30th pop cover of scooby-doo where are you yeah absolutely they do for every movie yes and you know what it's a lot of fun it's that's fine it's It's, it's still good it's you know what it's the best looking sequence of the movie yes uh it's the most fun to be had in this movie there's one thing that's different and that's fred having a picnic with the mystery machine replacing scooby-doo licking cotton candy off of his face uh it's a it's a shot for shot recreation Super, Mm -hmm. super, super fun. Uh, It is... Then after that moment, we get to... uh, It's it's at that moment, the the movie stops being fun. And we get to a point (laughs) that I was wanting to talk about earlier. Um, The Mystery Incorporated, Fred, Daphne, Velma, Shaggy, Scooby, 
they they become adults. There's a time jump. They do a um, Hakuna Matata time jump um, with Simba uh, during the <laughs> intro of the the recreation uh-huh. of the intro. Yeah. And it shows Mystery Incorporated mm. as adults. Um, we hear Shaggy talk, and I don't know about you guys. I'm a big Will, Will Forte fan. Oh, uh, we love Will Forte. Big, big, big Will Forte fan. It is horribly distracting to see Shaggy talk, Shaggy Rogers talk, and not sound like Shaggy Rogers. It's, yes. So, will this movie finally put to bed the fact that actors are not voice actors? Because no, not. No, because it like here's not. the thing. I hope. But if you were casting a live action movie of this cast, they'd be great. Zac Efron, sure. Amanda Seyfried, Gina Rodriguez, Will Forte, all as the gang is great. But when they're yeah, just in right. a small room yelling into a microphone, they all sound so checked out. Yeah, and yes. uh, and these roles have been going on for decades and decades, and a lot yeah. of different people have played them. Um, you know, uh, again, Matthew Lillard, li- notably in live action and cartoon as Shaggy. Mm. Um, you have uh, Gray DeLille, who's been playing Daphne for a hundred years. Frank um, and Welker you know, has played Fred in every incarnation since the original show. Exactly. So, you know, and you don't have to use those people. I get it. You want to do your own thing. But, you want to make people um, relevant. You want to make you want to make them relevant to the kids, like Gina Rodriguez and right. Zac Efron. But let's let's do what we do on this feed when we come to when we talk about these movies. I want to do a little performance review as these performances become relevant. Oh, um, okay, gotcha. So first on the chopping block, Will Forte. It's a pass fail system. Um, Will Forte as Shaggy. Pass, I, but it's not a good pass. Yeah, I think it's a mild pass. It's fine they don't give i mean will forte in you know today is the 10th anniversary of mcgruber the funniest movie last decade um the last man on earth like what a versatile performer he is they don't give him any mm-hmm. of his strengths to do in this movie uh, it's no. a soft a soft pass I, I i think it's a soft fail uh, as much as okay. it's barely a pass i think it's that much of a fail mm-hmm. sure um sure. it's just to me it's just like sh- shaggy is so well known it's just like it's batman if his cape and his cowl was red it's the problem just, it doesn't oh, sorry. it's not right you know well, what i think mean? what's wrong with it is he never sounds scared no, never. Not once. It's a very monotone. It's like it, it, all of his. It's like Robert Downey Jr. in Doolittle. All of his deliveries are at the exact same tone and intonation. Mm-hmm. They they are never. If you looked at a waveform of Will Forte's audio in this movie, it would all be exactly the same height and intensity. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, it's always and I right. Love at Will the same Forte way. for all love the reasons Kevin mentioned. Um, and all, and more because, uh, Nebraska is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that movie, Nebraska, but like. Clone High. Like we could go on and on. He just, he does not do any service to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and if you're, I'm, I, I love you, Will, but like, if you're going to cast an SNL person, if you're going to change the cast and you're going to cast an SNL person as Shaggy, get bill Hader to do a shaggy rogers impersonation. Yes. yes correct yes hey, okay if if they ever make a jetsons movie and they don't cast bill Hader as george jetson they're doing something wrong that would be legitimately Absolutely. upsetting yeah 
Uh, and um, also, uh, if they ever make a multiple man uh, movie, Bill Hader. Anyway, now that's officially on the record. But so our our gang has come at a crossroads. Well, well, they do, need. Do we want to do the others, uh, Fred, Velma, Daphne. We'll do them as they become a little bit more uh, uh, relevant in the in the we'll, story. We'll sprinkle them through this. Exactly. Um, do they ever? become really uh, relevant to the good story. Point. A couple of them, a couple times. Barely. Uh, which is a big problem of this movie. And again, say what you will about the live-action movies from the 2000s, but, like, everyone's contributing. They, they all have yeah. their Everyone role. seems to actually like being who they're cast as. I think everyone's having a tremendous amount of fun in those movies. They're very kitschy. They're very 2000s. Uh, I think as far as being an adaptation of Scooby-Doo, doing what they're doing, not bad. You know, those movies have mysteries. Those movies have people being unmasked. <laughs> those movies have uh, uh, plots and jokes. Uh, but anyway, so our, our gang is hard up on, on cash. So they, they of course, turn... enlist. Yeah, they they want to go corporate. So yes. they, of course... They want to make... They want to bring forward the incorporated part of Mystery Incorporated. They want to publicly trade uh, Mystery. mystery. <laughs> uh, they want to they sell stocks in Mystery. You know, they want to... Yeah. They want to Vince yes. McMahon it. Um, Absolutely. And... So, so they enlist the help of who else but Simon... Simon Cowell. Cowell. And it's actually now, Simon Cowell. It's him doing the voice. Playing Scooby himself... Doo- is 60 years old who who looks worse than when he was on the shrek 2 bonus feature by the way that that is Um, a point that i want to bring up because this was happening in front of my eyes and i said they did far far away idol in the end credits of shrek fucking 2 which was 100 years ago now scooby-doo is not averse to celebrity endorsement celebrity cameos he teams up with the harlem globetrotters mama cass those 2000s movies we just mentioned have incarnation is scooby-doo guess who and it's featuring like guest stars like wanda sykes yeah, exactly. And and the two thousands movies, which I just brought up, have Pamela Anderson and Sugar Ray in them. But here's mm-hmm. my issue with Simon Cowell being in this movie. That would be like if they put Pamela Anderson and Sugar Ray in a Scooby Doo movie today. Right now. <laughs> That's the issue. Simon, is that you are Simon dusting Cowell off a four hundred year old mad TV sketch to be in this movie. Simon Cowell being in this makes this feel more dated than the original run of the original series. And I think this movie could have been served so well by leaning into that kitschy aesthetic. And if you're not going to do, um, I guess like the most relevant, like counterpart to Simon Cowell now would be like one of the hosts of the masked singer. But if you're not Ken Jong, who's like, in this movie, <laughs> yeah, if you would be that, ama- if they let Ken Jong play himself as an investor. Okay, I am trying to fun Cowell. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what Senior I think Chang they should have done. What I think they should have done. I think they should have just really leaned in that as aesthetic, and who cares if the audience, if the young children doesn't know it because it's still funny. And who cares if the actors that I'm going to mention are not still living? Because there are impersonators out there. 
you should have the Mystery Machine Gang, Mystery Incorporated, talking about like we've got a. I can't believe it. We've got a huge celebrity going to invest in our company, and maybe have Daphne like, oh, is it Zac Efron? Oh, is it so and so? And it's sure. Don Knotts or Davy <laughs> Jones. Oh, like scoop. it should have been one of those folks. It should have been. I mean, you were talking, and I was like, all right, Paul McCartney. You know, yeah. like a Ringo. You know, okay, we're doing like a kitschy thing here oh my god you gotta be if you gotta be relevant like i don't know how how expensive is it to get chris hemsworth like really for like a cameo if we Mm -hmm. gotta stay relevant get get nick offerman like who cares no but not be relevant just get elon musk to like do it if like he's the one no the famous business person people know for better and for worse no you're Warner Get Alec Brothers. Baldwin doing like, a Donald like, Trump like impression. Like Rick and Morty? You don't. Uh, you're, you're Warner Brothers. You're trying to promote your other stuff. Get Gal Gadot. You know? Fuck um, it. Yes. I think, I really think, like, I'm going to bring it up again. And Daniel uh, Radcliffe. I, I'm going to bring it up again, like, God, it's such a good joke. Still to this day, it's such a good joke where in the 90s Brady Bunch movie, Marsha Brady is so excited that she's getting Davy Jones to pre- pre- uh, appear at their prom. That's a good joke because the audience has no idea who it is. Like, it's a good joke. Like, and for fuck's sake, joke. like the Scooby Doo game for Xbox 360, the person who gives you the tutorial like levels and tells you how to play the game is Don Knotts. It's someone doing a Don Knotts impersonator <laughs> impersonation. The character model is Don Knotts. Like it's a funny joke. Like in the and, kids, and, and he, and, it doesn't matter yeah, if kids look, don't know who Don Knotts is because that's the funniest looking motherfucker in the universe. It's the funniest get, sounding motherfucker in the universe. The kids will just think it's funny. Get Carol like, O'Connor and, and, and from listeners, all listeners, in the You have family. to understand, listeners. This wouldn't matter if this was a cameo, but Simon Cowell's presence in the movie is probably the most significant subplot in the film. <laughs> It's, yes. like, crucial to the story that Simon Cowell appear when he does. Like, they they like they constantly go back and say, wow, I can't believe Simon Cowell said that to us. Yeah, and, uh, and Shaggy and Scoob sing uh, Shallow from A Star Is Born, which already feels like a fucking moldy oldie. Uh, but fine, it's an animated movie. They take a long time to make. That's um, going in my lexicon. Oh, thanks. It's, it's just, and I know, like, people listening to this, I know you, you hate us by this point, but it's just like... It's <laughs> yeah, you can turn it off. A, we got the download, it's, it's fine. A, yeah, you can turn it off. Um, it's, it's just... Hey, Spider-Man? It's frustrating turn because off the it's dark. such a simple thing to have gotten right. You, mm-hmm. you, it's more work to get it wrong than it is to get it right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and, I, and is Fox a Time Warner property? Like, why would you? No, no, it's Disney it? now. Yeah, he's not even under contract. So, like, why? Maybe. Okay. Now, here's a secret theory I have. Okay. That these Simon Cowell voice lines were recorded ten years ago for a previous version of this movie. Mm-hmm. And they just Maybe, had yeah. the wave files sitting on a fucking disk drive no, somewhere, I, I and they're th- like, "Can we get <laughs> Simon you, you Cowell?" They, car- they carry Fishered him. They just 
<laughs> to be fair, yeah, they grandma's parking Tim into the, the corpse movie. of Simon. Simon Cowell actually died in two twenty seventeen. We're just to be fair. The videos. The, to be fair, the CG model of Simon Cowell in this movie looks better than the CG model of uh, Carrie Fisher in Rogue One. Rogue One, to absolutely, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. To be fair. To be fair, this CG model of Simon Cowell looks more like Carrie Fisher than the <laughs> Carrie Fisher model in Rogue One. Okay, okay. So, so long story short, Simon Cowell Jesus. explains the group dynamic to the audience, and then says yes. Shaggy and Scooby don't contribute anything. It's Scooby Doo. It's very complex. If, they, if they're still in it. In the more I think about, I'm gonna have a fucking aneurysm at the end of this podcast. The more I think about it. If you're going to do an American Idol joke, do Randy Jackson so he can look at Scooby and say, that's a no from me, dog. (laughs) Like, come on. It's snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. It's such a simple thing to get right. And they they fuck it up so badly. All right. Simon Cowell is a three-way fail from all of us. Simon Cowell failed. Simon Cowell as himself go to fucking Hades with Cerberus. Yes, (laughs) I hope you stay stay in hell, Simon Cowell. You and Shaggy. I wish Shaggy fucking stayed in hell. I hate this movie. (laughs) Warner Um, Brothers does not have talent. I'm hitting the buzzer. Go get out. uh, Leave. We got to move on from this scene before I shoot myself. (laughs) Shaggy and Scoob. All that happens is now the movie actually starts. Yes. Yeah, they, Shag and Scoob the, the, go bowling, and uh, they, they encounter a robots. shameless Minions ripoff. A yes. shameless, yes. the most blatant attempt to make new Minions I've seen in a very long time. Yes, it is. Uh, we'll we'll get to that. There is a very blatant, not only Minions, but just like Despicable Me, Gru ripoff. Um, yeah. They go to Takamoto Bowl. Shaggy and Scooby okay. are Okay, that's actually is named that a after the guy who developed the characters. Okay, gotcha. thank you. Because I was There's like, few... this is so specific. It is must that, yeah, be yeah, a reference. Yeah, 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 his name was Asao Takamoto. He was a Japanese There's a animator. few references in this movie. Later on, they go to Messick Mountain, named after Don Messick. There's a few uh, mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo, like, references that don't fit because they feel like Scooby-Doo. Um, but <laughs> the... Turns out the bowling pins at this bowling alley are evil robots, and they are the minion ripoffs. Sure. Uh, They chase after Shaggy and Scooby, and just whenever all hope is lost for our heroes, uh, Shaggy and Scooby are abducted uh, by Blue Falcon. Uh, No, Blue Falcon's Falcon's son. son. Yes. His, His, to quote the movie, his large adult son. Um, now there is okay I want my one bit of praise for this movie is going to come from the bowling alley and it is not the sequence we just described but later when Fred and them are looking for Shaggy and Scooby and they are talking to the uh, cashier woman and it is the only scene in the movie that got genuine laughs out of me where she's like, oh, yeah, they came in here and it sounded like they were really dejected by the friends that they've known for their entire lives. And it felt like they really didn't have a, like it her yeah. just just it's I don't know. It's a joke you've seen before, but it got a lot of legitimate laughs out of me. I don't know who played her, but she gets a hard pass. Like yes, she's yeah, okay. the funniest yeah. good, person. Good in the character movie. voice work. Yeah. It's a, it's well, a joke that 
It's a joke that would appear in an airplane or a Naked Gun movie, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. So it's yeah. I'm into yeah. it. So it's it was just funny. A good it was funny. I, I laughed. It's it's a good it's a good bit. They are abducted and they meet Shaggy's hero, Blue Falcon. And this is this is my big thing. This is the thing I've been sitting on. And I don't know if this is a thing that maybe this is gets cut from the podcast and is treated as a deleted scene or a bonus app or something. Maybe it sits in this uh, podcast that's already fifty-one minutes long, and I, I don't—I don't even really know how to approach it. But it's a thing where if I don't get it out, it will become an aneurysm. So for my health, we have to do we this. Have- well, Jordan um, Peele, get out. We meet Shaggy's hero, Blue Falcon, and right. folks at home, I know you've never heard of Blue Falcon, but Blue Falcon is a Hanna Barbera property, mm-hmm. and I don't know how we want to go about this. You guys, I got some ideas. But I got to thinking whenever I was watching this movie. I had to pause the movie to put this together. I have in front of me. That's the nope. Oh oh boy. I have Foley. A a list of Hanna Barbera Hanna Barbera properties in order of recognition. (laughs) Okay. Alright, Scooby Doo number one with a bullet. Scooby Doo is not even close. Number one with a bullet, and Kevin exact quote i wrote number one scooby-doo in an, an asterisk with a bullet ah now, yes i have after scooby-doo i have what is four but maybe three categories of hanna-barbera properties okay and i don't know if you just want to guess where blue falcon is on this list or if you just want me to go through it but all right let's found... let's play a little guess let's turn it into a guess okay. Okay. okay, so my guess for number two mm-hmm. is Flintstones. I, I agree. They have the cereal and the vitamins. Exactly. You are, they both, still... you are both correct. Great. My and... my guess for number three would be okay. Jetsons. Uh, yes. You hear their music in commercials sometimes, and also their killer sound design shows up a lot. Yeah, the, and... the, re- the retro-futurist aesthetic has yes. has yes. stuck and around. every once in a while you'll hear uh, a bit like the other day on all elite wrestling dynamite i heard rosie the robot re- reference yes exactly um, and they they recently and we're talking like two years ago did a movie with the wwe <laughs> so. yes um you are both correct the jets is number three on this list and then after um, that is a huge gulf it's a big canyon until the next and then character. it's Yogi Bear. And then it's Yogi Bear. Yeah, Yogi. I and then do it's all downhill from there. Yogi Bear is number four on this list. Okay, so yeah. I'm not an insane person. This list tracks. No, this uh, list tracks out absolutely. So do you? Okay, so after Yogi Bear, I've got Huckleberry Hound. Sure. Uh, Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss is on this list. But tw- after Huckleberry Hound, I have. Uh, after Huckleberry Hound, I have the Smurfs. Are they Hanna-Barbera? They are Hanna-Barbera. No. The animated cartoon oh, they are? is... The oh, animated the cartoon, cartoon was made by Hanna-Barbera. Gotcha. Okay. There's, there's a few things like Hanna-Barbera, like... There's a I few, would like, put asterisk. Smurfs above Huckleberry Hound if Smurfs are on this list. But, yeah, okay. that, I, you know, they did I have, like, three recent I would not count them as Hanna-Barbera. They're not uh, iconically Hanna-Barbera. They, if they don't so, show up on Harvey Birdman, they're not Hanna-Barbera. Okay. <laughs> Justin, you made you, you brought up another thing. This is why I said there is four, but maybe three categories. I C-Lab. Have, 
Because I, I have a special case category, and that is characters that are Hanna-Barbera, but you may not know are Hanna-Barbera. Birdman <laughs> slash Harvey Birdman is number two on that list. Space Ghost is number one. Yeah, absolutely. C-Lab is number three. Godzilla um, with his buddy Gadzooks. Godzilla Gadzuki, the Fantastic Four cartoon. Um, Super Friends. Oh, okay. Super Friends. And then there's a... I found whenever I was putting this list together... Hanna-Barbera is a powerhouse of animation. They've oh produced so much. They were the only Absolutely. really active animation studio in the 70s. Yes. Absolutely. And I put together, like, whenever I was putting this list together, I found that there's neat categories for each. There's, like, a Phase 1 Hanna-Barbera, a Phase 2 Hanna-Barbera, and there's a Phase 3 Hanna-Barbera, but that Phase 3 Hanna-Barbera is a, is where it could be also the special case category. Because everyone knows Johnny Bravo, everyone knows the Powerpuff Girls, everyone knows Dexter's Lab, but they may not know that Hanna-Barbera made those cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they so, are iconically Cartoon Network, not iconically Hanna-Barbera, yes. if that yes. makes sense. Yes. So, just to finish up Phase 1, and this can this can be argued either way. Flintstones, Jetsons, Yogi Bear, Huckleberry Hound... Smurfs, the Snorks, uh, Top oh. Cat, Snagglepuss, Oggy Doggy, and Doggy Daddy. Uh, I have a tie between Grape Ape and Magilla Gorilla. Same um, oh, excuse me. Um, excuse me. Um, after <laughs> I'm a I'm an insane person. After Snorks, but before Top Hat, I have Quick Draw McGraw. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, my. And dad. then at the. And at the bottom, and there's way more. Like, I didn't include Adam Ant. There's a lot more, but, like, at at the very bottom of this phase one list. Because, like, at a certain point, you get into, like, you get really in the weeds. But The the hair bear bunch. Laffy Larry and hearty har har. Exactly. At the bottom of this list for phase one, I have Peter Potamus. (laughs) Then we get into phase two of properties. (laughs) And I know I sound like an insane person, but it's fine. A little bit. Okay, is this where we get to, like, the Roman holidays and the Chang gang and well, the huddles? I, okay, so I think this tracks. I think this tracks. And hear okay. me out. So, right. first on the list of Phase 2, I have a tie. Because this one character is from a show, but folks may not put two and two. I have a tie between Wacky Races and Dick Dastardly. It's the same thing. It's the and same I think, thing. And it's the same thing, but some folks may not know. Yeah. After that, I have Josie and the Pussycats. I will ask, do you think that tracks? Do you? I could see us going either way. Do you I think would... Josie and the Pussycats is higher than Wick Wacky Races? Or... Yes. Yeah, well, the, but yes. just because of the live-action movie. Yes. But, yeah, but at this point, like, the your list is essentially right, even if I would move some properties around. Yeah. Like, it's, okay. it's essentially right. And there is a point to all this. Um... After Josie and the Pussycats and Dick Dastardly on 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 this list, we have uh, we have Hong Kong Fooey. That was Richard After, Pryor, uh, wasn't it? It was um, it was the guy who plays Dick O'Halloran in The Shining. That's it. That's it. Scatman Carruthers. So after Hong Kong Fooey, I have Johnny Quest. After Johnny Quest, I have oh. Jabberjaw. After Jabber mm-hmm. uh, after Jabberjaw, I have Speed Buggy. And after Speed Buggy, I have the banana splits, and then after the banana splits, I have Blue Falcon. 
Yeah, absolutely. My, I mean, I had yeah. never in my life heard of him until this film. Well, no, they actually had... tried doing a Scooby-Doo Blue Falcon crossover before where Shaggy and Scooby wanted to see the Blue Falcon movie remake at Comic-Con. Oh. And meet Sounds up with great. the original Blue Falcon Ooh. and Dino Mutt. My point, what I was trying to get at with this, and I have some questions about it, but like... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. On this list, Blue Falcon is at number twenty-one on list of Hanna Barbera properties in order of rec- of recognition. And this is Does before we even right? touch Wally Gator. Wally Gator is not on this list. The Wonder Twins aren't on this or are on this list. Devlin, you know, like no one knows Devlin. No one knows the sure. space races or the Laugh Olympics. Like yeah. people know Cow and Chicken and I Am Weasel, but they may not know it's Hanna Barbera. For sure. My question is, like, is I, Blue Falcon is at twenty one? Is he in this movie because he's the most recognizable of all the cheapest Hanna Barbera properties? No, it's because he's a superhero and superheroes are hot. Yes, it is a superhero, and they want to Iron Man 2 Black Widow style sort of backdoor this character into the universe by by carrying him on the back of a much more popular property, is the idea. I get that. My counterpoint... He's also a Hanna-Barbera property with a dog sidekick? Yes. Yes. Dog sidekick, spaceship, superhero, okay... It, it checks out why you think people might go for him. If you're trying to set up a Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe, like, you're not going to waste the Flintstones or the Jetsons no. or anything on this. No. Like, you're going to make them their own movie. Yeah. It's the, yeah, the, the royalties for those are too expensive. Be, with him, I don't know. Like, with... I get, I, get, I get that he's a superhero, and I get that, like, they can't get Fantastic Four. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> with him being 21 on this list, which though insane is correct i can't understand like why he is in this film it's because he's, he's a superhero but and they need an adversary for dick dastardly who's also in but, the spoilers but the but the Do thing yeah, and we'll get there but the you, thing is too like though part of this movie i think is like nostalgia bait but not only do they have blue falcon wrong and we'll get there but they have dick dastardly and dynamite wrong it's just because he's a superhero, and it's just like he's a superhero. It doesn't matter; like everything else is irrelevant. I don't know. I just essentially, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's just, basically it. You you're, I don't, you've hit it home, buddy. I don't I don't know what the I don't know what the um the mirror image of this for a Marvel movie or for a DC movie is, but it's just like I can't imagine like all right, we're gonna go all in on this. We're gonna mm-hmm. make an Iron Man movie. But the secondary character in Iron Man movie being, like, Jubilee. Mm-hmm. No, please. No. Uh, Blue Falcon is not nothing compared to Jubilee. We're talking Red Hawk. Yeah. We're talking... Okay. <laughs> we're what, we're obviously, talking Red Black Hawk is the opposite Knight. of Blue Falcon. What, yeah, what, exactly. what, what, what they'd have to do, Vern, to do it... <laughs> I'm sorry, his name is Red Wolf. I apologize yes. to all you fucking Marvel Comics yeah. fans. His name is but, Red uh, Wolf. Even um, better because a wolf's on land in a falcon center. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anyway, the po- anyway, Vern, if they wanted to do the crossover, they'd want to do what DuckTales is currently doing. 
which is basic, which is um, unifying all the Disney afternoon shows into one series. Um, so like Darkwing Duck is around. Yes, and but he's also like a character yeah, but in also the like the Gummy Bears get a shout out. Chip and Dale oh, okay. get a cameo. Goofy's in it, We're, and dressed like he is in the Goof in Goof Troop. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's um, the idea. But we we. I, I feel we must segue yes, back God. into okay uh, so okay the so, film. so performance reviews real quick uh, Mark Wahlberg as fail. Blue Falcon's shitty son hard fucking fail why why would you get Mark Wahlberg for this Wahlberg is such a specific performer he needs He's... to be low status so he can come back at you with his Boston strong. And no, no, you he, have him. He's best when his character is getting blunt force trauma to the skull. Exactly. Like, he needs to be in that position. Here's a rough list of people I'm coming up with right now that would have been a better fit for this part Chris Evans, Stephen Colbert, anyone with a slightly resonant voice that can do the superhero thing. Like, the. You can't, hello, you here can't I am. do it again because it's already been done. But, like,. You have to make the same move where you get Will Arnett playing Batman. Yeah. Yes. You have Channing to make that same Tatum. Move. I mean, it's there. The list is almost endless. And you, you, Will Ferrell, his daddy's home co-star. If you want to do like a completely comedic performance of this, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Sudeikis, like fucking anyone, and you got Mark Wahlberg. And well, no, well, no, okay. Even... In all fairness, Mark Wahlberg uh, needed to get some, uh, needed to get something, something from his public record expunged after he uh, gouged out the eyes of Morocco Mole. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Okay, uh... all right, Kevin, you can cut that. Joke. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg was arrested in 1984 for beating up Hong Kong Fui for no reason. Um. <laughs> And since we're cutting things out. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> turns out, like, Mark... Since we're cutting things out, Mark Wahlberg uh, uh, committed bestiality with the two stupid dogs. Um, also a Hanna-Barbera property. Since um, we're cutting things out. I know, we, I know we said we're getting cut, but I have a feeling that's going to be on the floor. I imagine that's staying in. Um, so... <laughs> I'll never tell. So, You'll have to listen to find out. <laughs> So, so Blue Falcon is in this movie, and like I said, no one knows this movie. He's 21 on a list. Mm-hmm. Blue Falcon, um, he dabs. You love to him. To be fair, it's Blue Falcon's son, so it's okay that his character is completely wrong, being someone, said, said by someone who knows Blue Falcon. But it is established that that is the original Dino Mutt, um, and Dino Mutt's personality is completely wrong, because Dino Mutt's personality in Hanna-Barbera Properties is the exact same as Scooby-Doo's. Yes. Yeah, he is a Hanna-Barbera dog, so he goes, and that is yes. what he does. He is a so, Hanna-Barbera dog character. So, yes. So And they have they, a wise-cracking Ken Jong as a very befuddled Dino-Mutt. Yeah. Dino-Mutt is the straight man in the movie. And exact, and you can't make a character named Dinoma the straight man. Like you can't, you just can't do that. Like Dinoma. But it's it's been alluded to. um, If you're going to have a superhero, you have to have a supervillain, and that brings us to 
uh, Dick Dastardly is in this movie. Um, Dick Dastardly is, and I know no one knows Dick Dastardly or Wacky Races, but he is also completely wrong because in this movie he is competent. Okay, no. Okay, I would argue, no, he doesn't. He fucks up almost all, all the time. Yes and no. Because he does real... get the three skulls of Cerberus, which That's are the true. plot of this movie. Yeah, he, he is a he is very competent at disguise and subterfuge. At times, he taking has... the place of a Fred and B Christina Hendricks as a hot cop because Scoob is aggressively pro cop. <laughs> Scoob and, uh, loves cops, and we, are, and we are aggressively anti, as we've established. Um, uh, which is why we hate and, Scoob. But but also. Uh, he emulates uh, he emulates uh, Simon Cowell. Spoiler alert for this movie that no one yes. So that is that is three pronged, incredibly successful subterfuge. He successfully also, built a gateway to hell. He builds two gateways to hell. Yeah, he builds two, and also his sidekicks listen to him. <laughs> like yeah. that doesn't happen in wacky races. He is competent in this movie. Like, okay, and that's that is fair. That's wrong. But, <laughs> like, but that's however, wrong. but however, Jason Isaacs as Dick Dastardly, biggest pass of the film. Biggest Masterful. Pass. It's so good. Because he he's understands a... that Dick Dastardly is just, oh, he's so good at it. His name is Dick Dastardly. He has a big curly mustache and a big pointy chin. You play him exactly one way and Jason Isaacs, God love him, does exactly the correct thing biggest pass of my only strong confident pass of the entire film the one legitimately good character even though he is wrong from his original portrayal yes dick dastardly i if if the character was named nick rastardly if his name is anything other than dick dastardly if his name was like Rick Rastardly. Rick Wrong. <laughs> if his name was Rick. Bill Rick Bad. Wrong. You know, if it was... I'm Rick if was, Wrong. If it was Rick Wrong, if it was Bill Bad, if it was... <laughs> Nick Nasty. Nick, Nick Nefarious. Nasty, if it was anything other than Dick Dastardly, uh, sure, I'd be fine sure. with it. But, like, he doesn't even look like Dick Dastardly. His, his, you know, his nose his, is too small. His head's too big. Yeah, that his too. body's too big. <laughs> He it's also doesn't. He also doesn't wear the trench coat. He spends most of the movie in jeans and a black t-shirt, and he doesn't wear the hat. This this does this having it done this way. Like it does nothing for the kids watching this movie, and it does even less for the adults mm-hmm. watching this movie because the the adults watching this movie are like, that's wrong. You know what I mean? It's just they're sure, gonna know sure. when we introduce Blue Falcon and when we introduce Dick Dastardly, and we'll get there. But like. Daphne, Velma, and Fred take a back seat. Yes. And they are barely in this movie about Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. They and... only exist to drive a van and give exposition about plot lines they are not involved in. Yes. That is their yes. only role in this film. They are to and, provide and they exposition captured. dumps. And, like, it doesn't work. I know it's not technically Scooby-Doo. It's Scoob! But, like... <laughs> We don't have time for the rest of the gang. I can't believe it's not Scooby-Doo. Space Jam works because it's Bugs, Daffy, Tweety, and Taz. It would not work if the team was Bugs, then Foghorn Leghorn, then Granny, then the Tiny Elephant, then Peppy Le Pew. 
Sure, 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 sure. I yeah. understand. Right. When you when you make Looney Tunes back in action, which I like just rewatched, you know, big on Daffy, big on Bugs, good set pieces for Fudd, Taz, and Yosemite Sam, mm-hmm. and very brief, you know, good good showcase Cameos. for Wiley Coyote, right? Like they get you one can, set piece and yes, they you wisely can do bits with them. They wisely barely include Pepe Le Pew. Very wisely barely include uh, uh, Granny, <laughs> you know. Uh, although, this is just a small thing on Looney Tunes back in action. One, Space Jam does not deserve to lick Looney Tunes' boots. Like, Looney Tunes back in action has fucking jokes in it, which yeah, totally. Space Jam does not. And two, it does feature a scene where Matthew Lillard is having lunch with Shaggy and Scooby Doo, and they are pissed <laughs> off about his performance in the movie, and Scooby <laughs> threatens to turn him into a Scooby snack. So, uh, uh, very good film, Looney Tunes back in action. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Joe Joe Dante, like, knows what he's doing with that movie. Joe Dante knows what he's doing. Fucking Gremlins, Small Soldiers, Looney Tunes, man, knows what he's doing. It's weird how the guy who's best friends with Chuck Jones knows how to make a Looney Tunes movie. Um... So I'm sorry, we segue away. Also, Brendan Fraser plays Brendan Fraser's disgruntled stunt double. That's uh, so fucking good. It's so good. It's that Ocean's Twelve shit that I love. Uh, he he play the Brent Meister does his own stunts, so we follow Brendan Fraser's disgruntled stunt double. Anyway, scoop, scoop, yeah, scoop, scoop. Ba- back, scoop. Okay, so this is where we get the actual like plot like the story of scoob which yes. is the worst fucking thing they could have done which is something serious and important it's, it's a serious macguffin hunt <laughs> starring that you don't even see the macguffins you don't see them till the end and it's all tied into real life right scooby <laughs> is he Scooby is a descendant of Alexander the Great's dog. Whenever I heard about this in a text from my friend Justin, I thought he was playing a goofum. No. It's a real thing in a movie. It's like a parody it's... of what you would do if you were overriding a movie yes. and they do it in real life. Yeah, no, it, it, it's the example, it's a textbook example of a bad producer's note. It's something right, they heard their kid talk about in history class and they want to feel like they're contributing to the project. All right, boys. And real quick, real right. quick. They the the descendant the the genealogical line that Scooby Doo follows is that of Alexander the Great's dog. Yes. This movie is the first time I have ever heard of this dog. No, me right too. Right now, the three it's like right. It's not a right famous now, dog. <laughs> yeah, right now the three of us. Let's come up with some actual famous dogs scooby-doo could be a descendant of all right hound of the baskervilles um fucking the dog in space okay no how about the first dog that was ever man's best friend and we have captain caveman tell you this right Uh, yeah you could you could do a prehistoric dog you could do there's so there are so many famous dogs in stories and in real life that you could make a fucking movie about scooby-doo being descended if you must if you must make scooby-doo the descendant of a famous dog at least pick one that anyone has ever heard of also the problem though there aren't any famous dogs (laughs) 
They're art. They're just art. They don't matter to history. But if you are going to do that, like... Make him the descendant of Cerberus. Checkers, Nixon's dog, and no one wants to make And that's where they get the money from, Nixon. Oh, guys. You remind no, me no, of no, my guys, precious Nixon, dog, no, Checkers. Dick Dastardly is Nixon's descendant. <laughs> I don't care if you guys heard it or not. Instead of a Hellgate, it's a Watergate. Have it be Nixon's dog. <laughs> Thank you. Um, also, if you're going to do the thing where Scooby is a famous descendant... Do the stupid fucking thing where you see, like, a cave painting of a guy and a dog that looks just like Scooby. Do Washington crossing the Delaware with a dog that looks like Scooby in the boat. A hieroglyphic that looks like Scooby-Doo. Do do a, do just, it's just a brief, like, 30-second montage. Dogs throughout history and they all look like Mm Scooby-Doo. Just do that. That's all it's gonna be. But they just say like, "Oh, he's he's Alexander the Great's d- descendant. He's Alexander the Great's dog's descendant." It's like, come on, like it's it's stop. the dumbest thing I've ever heard in it's my a, entire life. It's it's the it's just so it's so complicated. They didn't have to, and not just that. It's Alexander the Great had a treasure in hell that only he and his dog could yes, access with their Justin. paw prints and the three very real skulls of Cerberus. Justin, it is a it's a standard boilerplate plot line. It's... We've heard it a hundred times. Alexander the Great and his trusty dog buried a treasure in the Greek hell, which is real, which is guarded by the ghost of Cerberus that can only be summoned by the three skulls of Cerberus being united, and only the best friendship between a man and a dog can both open and close the gate to hell. We've heard this it a hundred times. This isn't a Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> And boy meets if, girl, oh girl, boy loses girl, boy finds three skulls of Cerberus, boy finds dog. Well, no, no, it's, like, it's in Save the Cat. It's one of the ten basic plot lines. It's Save the, it's, it's, it's a second, it's a sequel to Save the Cat. Save the Cat's Three Skulls. Um, you learn about it in literature class. There's, there's only a few right. kinds of stories. Man versus man, man versus nature, man finds the three do- skulls of Cerberus and unites with his dog, who is the descendant from Alexander the Great's heard, trusty mutt. You heard of Joseph Campbell's man, uh, Hero of a Thousand Faces? How about Dog <laughs> of Three Heads? Um, it's just so wrong. It's so wrong. <laughs> and, and, no, and, and Vern, where do they find one of the skulls? What is the one? In an amusement park. No, oh no, no, the other location. <laughs> the other location. No, the amusement park is so much. It must be discussed that one of the locations is amusement park. Oh, it must. It is it solely so they can have an arcade full of Hanna Barbera no, no, references? No, it, it's because they have to justify putting this movie 3D in theaters, but the theaters aren't open. But they have to show the scene anyway. But also, I will say, to this movie's credit, and this is one of the few times I will say something to this movie's credit, an abandoned amusement park is a very great second location for a Scooby-Doo thing. Oh, it's perfect. If you were doing Um, a a Scooby-Doo video game for Super Nintendo, 
I'm I'm sure it happens. I can't. It's been a long time since I've seen the the James Gunn Scooby Doo's. I know what's in one of those. Like it's the a first great, movie like, takes place at a haunted amusement park, Spooky Island, run by Mister Nefarious. It's great if you've already done a spooky mansion, which this movie kind of did. Like you do abandoned amusement park, amusement park and or circus or circus. Yes, I mean uh-huh. they they. Because they blur together yes. very well. And the third um, being some sort of mining or yes. western town. Yes. A ghost yes. town. Yes, ghost town and um, or ship. Yeah. Yes. Huh. It's, it's, there's a, whenever they arrive at the abandoned amusement park, there's a brief, just like, final beat on a heart monitor of a dying person <laughs> where it feels like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> it's just the last, beep, it just, that's it. And then after that, it's, it's flatline for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. I can't. I know the the third skull is in the the se- sequence of the film's like climax, but I can't remember the first. Skull. No, well, no, the first skull he is in the it. Gobi Desert, and it happens off screen. The second uh, skull is at the yes. amusement park. The third skull is on an island, <laughs> hidden Not under a glacier for millennia. Not just yes. any island, Justin. The island. Of Captain Caveman, <laughs> who, didn't who even is in this movie for on Burns' list. <laughs> he Captain Caveman is in the wacky races uh, ephemera. Is he not? Does no, he that's not, not lump no, under that's that? No, that's not Captain Caveman. That's just other Caveman with the exact yes. same look oh. and voice of him. They're, Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels is a completely different franchise. <laughs> Teen Angel. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, they you know, a fucking uh, biker. No, no, the black woman who's um the Blue Falcon pilot. She's one of the Teen Angels, but she's also one of the like three black people in the entire Hanna Barbera canon. Oh yeah. really? So okay. They, they well, got, all right. They, since... God forbid they make one up. So they got right, the other sense. two being on C Lab. Since uh, we uh, have brought no, her up no, for no, the no, first time, which the is a bad sign. Movie. All right, since we have brought oh, her up right. for the first time, uh, and that's a bad sign for how this is going to go, uh, Kiersey Clemens as D.D. Sykes. Fail? What? What's there? To, this nothing. Is just like, it's, there's just nothing? Fine. She's fine. Like, the, she's fine. If we're doing they the don't give her anything if, to do. If we're doing the homework grading scale, uh, my grade is incomplete work. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give her anything to do. She, like, only exists to be... In another movie, she's the character that's ignored, and then at the end, she gets to be the superhero because she was right all along. In this mm-hmm. movie, she's right all along, and then you don't see her for like the last thirty minutes of the movie because they like forgot know, yeah. to animate her. <laughs> she's just not there. I don't want to. She's she's Winston Zeddemore. She's <laughs> she she's, barely I mean, I, counts as a Ghostbuster. I hate saying this, and it sounds like so bad, but unfortunately, that's what this is. What she is. She's this movie's diversity hire. And, and it sucks. It sucks. Like they couldn't it sucks. make. It sucks. They couldn't make one of the main gang a person of color. Like they did it for Velma, but that's barely. Velma. Yeah, barely. She's Vel- yeah. incredible once, and yeah, that's and she the is check voiced marks. by Gina Rodriguez uh, from uh, Jane the Virgin and mm-hmm. Annihilation. Who I guess you know now we've brought it up. It's soft pass. Soft pass, yeah. They don't give her much to do. It's fine. It's, it's, it's a. There's an opportunity, I guess. Maybe not with 
Daphne, unless you're talking about the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. But, like, there's three opportunities for, like, a strong female character, which is really, you know, it's important to have. And they yeah. they botch every single one of them. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big Velma stan. But we love Velma. Movies, mm-hmm. This movie's Velma, like, does nothing for me. Mm-mm. Like, Sure. She passes, but, like... The movie doesn't care about her. The movie does not care about her. The movie does, the movie not, does care not care about her at all. The movie um, does not care about majority of the characters in this movie. No. Um, and we did skip over him earlier. Uh, Ken Jong as Dino Mutt. Fine. Serviceable. He's meant to be an old fuddy-duddy that you're not supposed to like. And guess what? I didn't yeah. like him. Soft serviceable, pass. But serviceable, but the same thing I said about Dick Dastardly. It's nothing not, like Dino yeah. Mutt. It's not Dino Mutt. It's, yeah. if, if its name was Robo Dog. It'd be fine, but yeah. it's not. If he was Goddard from Jimmy Neutron, yes. Or I no, e- even if they wanted to deviate from what Dino Mutt was, at least make him more interesting than just, like, a surrogate dad. Like, yeah. if they want to make him be it's... a fuddy-duddy, then let him lean into being an annoying fuddy-duddy who says, like, obnoxious science jargon. Do some stupid thing where, like... Make a joke about iPhones updating and do a thing where it's like Dynamut's update in the first half of the movie he's he's actually Dynamut as we all know, he's a stupid dog. Yeah. And then he gets the iPhone update and then it becomes a super serious badass. Yeah, dog. with rocket launches. Just, you know, he gets the he gets the, he gets data's emotion chip. Just do something. Yeah. But like instead he's just this like vanilla white meat, just like annoyed dog, and it doesn't work because it's not it's not the I, I the dynamite that we know and know because mm-hmm. we don't know and love him. Yeah. Um. So they go to an um, an amusement park. It's it's just it's a it's for an action beat. Yeah. It's just you know like they're bowling pin robots chasing around. There's as Kevin mentioned earlier, uh, three or four hours ago. There's a bunch of uh, arcade <laughs> machines that have like one says Laugh Olympics on yeah. it. One says there's a Hex food. Girls yeah. poster, and, and that's that, when I get you know, the and that's when I get views for Screen Prism when they inevitably do their video in a month. Yes, exactly. Um, top, they were top references uh, you didn't re- re- recognize yeah. from Scoob or what? Yeah, yeah, you you only put these Easter eggs in the movie because then you get weeks of free publicity from YouTube and and movie news sites that are like here's every easter egg in scoob mm-hmm. and and that's all this is that's why they're in every mm-hmm. movie now it's all for this free publicity yes. chain you and why would you do it you got to fill out that crazy connections tab on IMDb you got to you um, got to uh at some point and i i feel like i'm missing a big portion of this but i could be wrong so correct me but at some point, Shaggy and Scooby become, like, they join the Blue Falcon gang and become superheroes or something. No, no uh, and... Scoob, Scoob, Scoob does because he's important. Scoob does. Sco- by dint important. of his quote-unquote and, quote, destiny. It's his his destiny word. Is, it's Alexander the Scooby-Doo the movie has Scoob's destiny as an important... <laughs> he he yes. says to Shaggy, "Sorry, Shaggy, I have to take my collar off. This is for my destiny." Yes, and that's the it's the bare minimum of this movie trying to do something to tug at your heartstrings. Shag is Shaggy's upset because he gave that collar 
to Scooby when they were they first met, whenever they're eating the 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 meat and the beach, and uh, Shaggy said, "I promise I'll never take," or Scooby said, "I promise I'll never take this off," and he looked into the camera, uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> And the audience said, oh, okay, I, I, I guarantee that won't come off. Um, and the audience and then, is like, I've never heard of foreshadowing. <laughs> yes. I've never heard of that. Yes, oh, at some point, please don't take your collar off. At some point, they, they, uh, the sun gets blocked out by a giant Roman numeral four, and it's literal <laughs> foreshadowing. Um, it's just... Um, the audience for this movie, which was... You know, after Trolls World Tour made fucking hand over fist money on the direct video market from parents that are like, please, God, anything, anything to keep them busy. Um, this this movie was four year olds that their parents were tired of hearing. Yes. So they spark them in front of uh, Side note. Um, so my my wife and I do one of those terrible uh, box a month uh, subscription services. Um, but we do, it's, it's called Bark Box. Um, for the dog, it's, yeah. It's for the dog. Uh, and it's yeah. purely because our dog just like Yeah, for, for the dog, for the, yeah. for the dog. For the dog. I don't, I don't, I don't eat it myself. It's for, it's for the dog. <laughs> I mean, I, to be fair, I couldn't believe it wasn't vegan. Um, now there but, are nummy treats in there, but they're, they're for the dog. They're not yes. nice. <clears throat> um, our dog destroys everything that we get her. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. It's just more economically feasible to pay twenty bucks a month to have like six uh, stuffed animals sent to our house instead of paying twelve dollars to get one stuffed animal a month. No, um, it checks out. It's yeah, there's uh, nothing wrong with it. I use I use uh, uh, I have HelloFresh. Like there's those services yeah. exist for a reason. They're nice. Some of them are not. All of them are petty cash grabs. We've been doing BarkBox for a year. We have never had a bark box arrive on time we've, <laughs> oh, we've never no. had a bark box arrive anywhere close to whenever the email from bark box said we would get it there's been times where bark box said your bark box is on the way and we never did get one um it's unfortunately it's economically feasible but and i hope you're listening folks bad bark box is a bad company we've had exactly one bark box arrive on time when it said it was going to, and that was this month, and it was a promotional tie-in box for the movie Speed. <laughs> and what's hilarious and sad about this Scoob bark box? It comes with a stuffed Scooby-Doo for her, my dog, to chew on. It comes with a stuffed mystery machine for so her. So can wring that dog's it, neck. Of course, the 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 treats are Scooby snacks. Yeah. But what's uh, what's hilarious about this bark box is the promotional packaging all over it says Scoob available only in theaters May 15th. <laughs> 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 and we spoke too soon. And if I I, I, I can't on in a way like that's my review of this movie. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's just a, a fun little aside. If you want to check out my Instagram and watch my dog just destroy uh, the mystery machine, it's, it's, a, it's a good um, It's cathartic. So it's very cathartic. Um, so Shaggy and Scooby have their. Um, you remember that scene in the Little Rascals movie where Fre- uh, Alfalfa and Spanky aren't friends anymore? It's that mm-hmm. moment, but it's not as good as that moment. They have their Twilight um, of the Soul moment. 
They have their Twilight of the Soul uh, moment from Joseph Campbell's dog. <laughs> and um, it's a joke so nice I had to make it twice. And uh, we, cut, we cut to um, uh, it's, uh, I, characters mm-hmm. that uh, belong in the world of Scooby-Doo. Fred, Def- Fred Daphne, and Velma. And uh, <laughs> they get uh, pulled over by a cop. Um, Who is... And- Emmy nominee, if not winner, Christina Hendricks from TV's yes. Mad Men, who does three lines as a hot cop. <laughs> yeah, she she's super hot for Fred, and Fred's super hot for her. Um, but turns out, uh, and, and and another thing that weirdly feels like Scooby Doo, uh, she's she's wearing a mask and she's faking who she is. Uh, it's actually Dick Dastardly. Um, and so Fred and the gang gets imprisoned and thrown in Dick Dastardly, Dick Dastardly's lair. Um, but they bust out and I guess it's Velma hacks, remotely hacks Dynoma. Yes. Um, to let Which, like, which they only do with the help of a robot who's horny for Daphne. Yes, yeah, there's robots, a vacuum cleaner robot that wants Daphne. Yeah, just wants um, just wants that sweet Daph. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it, like it's so empowering that they that they got one of their female characters' special ability is to get other guys to be horny for her. That's that's real nice. Her guys. Her, her special ability is that she's hot. Yeah, yeah, which is she's hot and so nice. great. So great and so important and powerful for this movie. Um, she makes simps, simps everywhere. Yes, uh, she she that robot is a simp. That was that's on my that's on my notes here. One of my critiques of this movie is that that robot is a simp. Uh, Hard simp. Just that that robot is an AFC average frustrated chump, and uh, obviously you know like she alphas him, and uh, we're gonna get really into game theory here. Um, I swear I'm not that unlikable in real life, folks. Um, so, uh, okay. Um, so she's, this is the first time she's been at all relevant to the movie that we're watching. Uh, Amanda Seyfried as Daphne. Amanda Seyfried is amazing in Twin Peaks Return. She's amazing when she's given any kind of yeah. role. Uh, she's, she, good actress. She's, I was really good actress. Great actress. Mean Girls, uh, Mamma Mia, we love Amanda Seyfried. Uh, she's she's uh, irrelevant to this movie. She's she's non-existent. She's I miss not appearing. Pass in and this fail film. mean the same thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Incomplete grade. I will yep. say we'll have to wait for is, tube. And this and and this is nothing but like the CG artist did a really nice job on her hair. Like it looks yeah, it looks great. It looks um, nice. It, it keeps form, but still flows. Yeah, it, it it's very nice CG hair movement. Glad to um, see they knew where to put the effort. Yeah. Um, so um, this robot, this vacuum cleaner robot, falls in love with Daphne and helps them break out of Escape. The Dick Dastardly's prison. Fucking um, simp, that little fucking vacuum-headed cuck. Yeah, uh, the the incel bot um, <laughs> leads them to wherever. Um, Velma hacks. Um, uh, Velma hacks Dynoma. This would have been a great moment to do that iPhone update joke I was mm-hmm. talking about, where she like turns Dynoma from incompetent to like incredible. 
Um, but it doesn't happen. Um, but Shaggy and Blue Falcon and Scooby learn the whereabouts of Dick Dastardly and all the rest of the the gang. Uh, and that's at Massic Mountain. And out, on their way there, they meet uh, Captain Caveman, a non-entity on my list by an insane person. Um, <laughs> the, the missing and, list of as, Ted Kaczynski. As the, played yes. by this, Tracy Morgan doing by, uh, the Tracy Morgan thing. It's Tracy Morgan. Uh, thank you, uh, Justin. You reminded me of a joke I wanted to make earlier, but like this list of Hanna-Barbera properties is the same in like the old anarchist cookbook where like if there's any crime committed in like my town, I'm automatically a suspect. Um, <laughs> no, no, you running that list is like the list in seven where you buy my comp and you're on a list by the FBI. Yeah, exactly. As uh, well you should be, I feel. But no, but it, ranking it's fair. Hanna Barbera it's puts fair. you on the no fly list. Absolutely. It's absolutely fair. And plus if I look you, like you know, I look you, like this. So like if you possess Vern's list of Hanna Barbera characters, when you move into a new neighborhood you have to go around to every door introducing yourself yeah. uh, and telling I, them I what you've done. You know, I once ranked Hanna Barbera properties in order of recognizability. <laughs> Um, there's, there's wanted, there's wanted posters of me all over town and it's the Captain Caveman drawing. There's a picture of you Yeah, it's, uh, it's... There's a picture of you in every post office. Yeah, it's, it's a real thing. I'm on, a uh, I, I'm on the FBI's most wanted list, um, because I know you're, you're actually, I'm checking the list here. You are the, uh, ace of spades in the Al-Qaeda deck of cards. <laughs> yes, uh... It's it's a real thing. Um, the first step uh, was me being accused of identity theft at the Utah De- Department of Motor Vehicles. Then it's making this list. I'm a domestic terrorist, but I'm a white guy, so I won't be credited. There is there now. I've, I'm checking your alibi list, and you have none uh, for eleven twenty two sixty three near the books depository. I did. I, I I I did. Gotta say, I've been on the road. I made this list and watched this movie uh, in Oklahoma City, just a couple blocks down. Oh, uh, oh my It's me and my friend Tim. Uh, we watched this movie together. Um, and that's how you met Richard. Richard Jewell. <laughs> absolutely. Um, my my two friends are uh, Eric and Lyle uh, Menendez, uh, and. Um, <laughs> Interesting side note, because we have to have something interesting uh, in this podcast. Uh, Eric and Lyle Menendez's parents funded Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. They're the producers on that movie. And there is a basketball card that has been recalled because the Menendez brothers are in the crowd in the photo. Uh, So... That's some fun information for you. And that's all factual. Look it up. So... They meet, uh, Captain, they meet Captain Caveman, and it's Tracy Morgan. As Tracy Jordan. Uh, it's Tracy yeah. Jordan. and Or Brian uh, Fellows, or it's, uh, it's Brian the Fellows last OG, says, or... <laughs> it's Brian Fellows, and he looks at Scooby-Doo, and he's like, I don't like how that dog's looking at me. Uh, and then you <laughs> Dino hear, like, Mutt, don't you know you can fly? And and then you and you hear Dino Mutt's internal monologue, like, I'm going to kill you, Brian Fellows. Uh, and good one, Lorne. Um, so, so they have to fight. My brain got broken. They have to fight Captain Caveman over the third Cerberus skull. Um, for some and, reason, <laughs> for and some reason, 
and for some reason, because why not? And then Dick Dastardly arrives. I guess he got alerted to their position. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He arrives in his ship that looks like his car from Wacky Races, but it's a ship. Um, ship looks good. Ship, ship looks, looks fine. Good. Um, and because I have a way with words, my notes here say dastardly unleashes alexander the great times on planet and out comes a cerberus um, i mean that's you're essentially what happens, right that's, that's basically yeah, what it's... happens uh okay hold on hold on before we leave okay. captain caveman's island which is an important plot point no, tracy morgan not. as captain caveman pass <laughs> <It's> not <laughs> yeah i know i knew it when i said it i know I was... justin said it and it was very funny to me i do it when i said it Justin. <laughs> like they, um, they could have done anywhere else but they had to go to the secret I- dinosaur island in the arctic yeah, yeah they had to this, do the fucking this... land of the lost yeah this movie uh, and God. aquaman actually have the same end of second act turn where they're on the fucking secret arctic island of dinosaurs like it's um anyway uh tracy morgan as captain caveman it literally could have been any character from any movie or property showing up at exactly this point, and it would have mattered exactly enough to this movie. However, hey, an hour hey, how into about they Scoob, make Huckleberry Hound, you know, another dog, make Huckleberry Hound the keeper of the secret history of the dogs. They go to a dog island, and Oggy Doggy and Doggy Daddy's there. Yeah, like. It- it could have Huckleberry been... Hounds there. Top Cat can be there. Why not? Like You could swap out Captain Caveman with fucking RoboCop, and it would be no different. <laughs> it would be exactly the same sequence. However, however, it is at Captain this Caveman. point, at this point in Scoob, the almost the lone point of light for me was like i don't know i get to listen to tracy morgan for like five minutes i guess so he gets a pass for me i'm i'm you know he had he's had some recent troubles and i and i'm glad that he's he's getting that captain caveman check so pass for me i don't know i like tracy to keep his the guy keeps gets to keep his uh his actor's (laughs) guild insurance for another year you are denying the existence of the last OG, but yes, I understand what you're saying. We, uh, yeah, so it gets a pass for me. It's, yeah, he's fine. I like Tracy Morgan. He's, like, he's funny. He says funny things. He's a funny guy. He does the yell. He, says, he does the yell right. That's all he had to do, and he did it right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, Tracy Morgan's fun. He's the inspiration for my Mark Twain character on a Puffin Publishing podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love him. Um, all right, a, anyway. a show that has, uh, Puffin Publishing podcast makes as much logical sense as Scoob does. <laughs> I, w- um, I would argue at least we have an internal narrative consistency. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the characters Our, that pop up out of nowhere yeah. do it, have that somehow feels less there. desperate. Yes, yes. They're on Alexander the Great Times. Yeah, they Scoob. go to the Parthenon or whatever and they unleash yeah, like, Alexander the Great Times because alright, this is how your Scooby Doo movie ends. This Fine. Is your yeah. Big climax. Okay. Okay, yeah. and it, it and it becomes like ending of a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this blue like light fighting. Yeah, blue light fly, shows up into the sky. Blue it's light, blue, big fight. It's Dynamut, and is it just Dynamut? At some point, Blue Falcon realizes like the courage you need was inside of you all mm-hmm. along, and yeah, and that's how he earns the respect hiding. of Dynamut. <laughs> Dynamut's yeah, respect gets... isn't given; it's earned. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh okay. Yeah. One 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 last little little tid. Uh there's a moment where like the entire cast is hiding in one big vase and we're just looking at their eyes. I liked it. I I I I found it aesthetically yes, nice. It was a cute little old-fashioned moment. Yes. And it and, and there's a it's a callback to old Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. where they do yeah. that in the opening credits. It's it's fine. It, it, it's, it's when fun. the movie like remembers it. it's a Scooby-Doo movie. Yes, yes. indeed. Uh, um, all right, and uh, and the mystery machine fucking okay, it dies. So the, it fucking dies. Yeah. Okay, but hold on, just a fucking goddamn second here, movie. <laughs> the mystery machine plummets out of the sky, and there is a huge explosion that is the mystery machine, and everyone inside it is fine. It's. You know how in fucking Grand Theft Auto when your car explodes and you die? <laughs> and they like, don't they even, didn't even do, do the th- you know, the cartoon where e- thing where everyone's just covered in soot and someone's hair yeah. is sizzling. They didn't do that. They didn't do the thing of like, oh, we got out just in time. We're over here, actually. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any of that. Everyone is inside the exploded van and they are fine. They didn't do the thing where like, the van lands and it comes out unscathed and they all step out and they're like, wow, we're surprised. And they're a good distance from it. And then it explodes. No. You know, they didn't do right. like, they didn't, they didn't do... apply any like cartoon logic to this cartoon. They didn't, um, you know, land the mystery machine and all their teeth are piano keys. Yeah. They didn't get yeah. flattened until they were just a puddle with little shoes walking around. Yeah. They didn't like... turn into accordions. Yeah. They, it's just, uh, <laughs> they just explode. Like this is, is what it is. Um, and then Blue and Falcon actually, earns Dino Mutt's respect and fucking and, nuclear bombs go off in his <laughs> eyes and a tank and, shows up on his arm. And Fred, Daphne, and Velma in-universe die. Uh, and there's a post-credit sequence where we're at their funerals and it's, it's a cast of Hannibal. <laughs> Everyone shows graves. up for the funeral. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's and it, it's it's a very traumatic thing. Um, uh, but no, they, they come out and they're fine. Um uh, Fred mourns the death of his van, which was, of course, a character trait that had been well established mm-hmm. up to this point. Um, yeah. And they do that stupid thing where, like, he decides he's going to fight um, Cerberus. Cerberus, and his and his in this hero moment is like, instead of him donning a cape, it's him putting on an ascot, it, which is the exact same character beat from Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but also and he picks they up don't the, establish. The, hubcap and wields it like a shield you know and, but, like, like a spartan but they don't sure. do the thing where it's like they don't do the thing where it's like uh someone teases him about having wearing an, an ascot earlier in the movie and he takes it off it's like if you if this was your first introduction to scooby-doo you wouldn't get it at all no it's just you know and it's and it's that's why i think they should have leaned into this kitschy aesthetic you know, like, yeah. have the thing where they're trapped in the 60s in personalities, but the world around them has changed. And yeah. the movie, like, because we have Blue Falcon well, learning They already to did that. Himself. It was Scooby-Doo, the first movie. Yes. It's where they realize they're out of date, so they all leave and come back, and they're all modern. They're all yeah. 2000s now, and they're played by the fucking icons of late 90s horror cinema. <laughs> There's <Yes>. fucking <laughs> Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, I guess not Linda, but, you know, <laughs> it's enough. Yes, yeah. 
<laughs> she still worked a lot. Oh, Linda works. All right, Linda's still working. All right, and I. Oh, yeah. This is a pro Linda Cardellini fucking podcast. I'm a fan uh, of Linda Cardellini. All right, the we, last we, performance we review: uh, Zach Efron as Fred Jones. Soft pass. He kind of delivers a couple jokes. Soft. They're not good jokes, but like yeah. Zach Efron can deliver a joke. Should have let Frank keep it. Should have let him keep the role. Yeah, it's. Should have had Fred be a character in this movie, which he was not. Yeah. Should have had him be a character. You should have had him do Fred things. Have him say, like, let's build a trap. You know, just do something. Yeah. All right, gang. At one point, just have Fred divide up the gang. Like, if only that. Have have Fred divide up the gang instead of the movie dividing up the gang. You know, just, (laughs) just... just something. Like, just anything. Just, he doesn't get anything to do. The movie does not care about the main cast at all. No. Um, it, this is a this is a vehicle, uh, pun intended, for the Mystery Machine. This is a vehicle for... They they did the same thing with the Scooby... And this is I mean, most post-movie stuff. But they, they did the same thing with this Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe that they did with trying to set up a DC cinematic universe where they, mm-hmm. where they blew their wad. Like they didn't take their time to set it up. It's like they did the same thing with the mummy, uh, and trying to set up the dark universe, dark universe. Universe. Or just like universe. Uh, they, they just, they're, they're, they're throwing out everything in the very first thing and you have to tease it out. Um, mm-hmm. and plus like, there's nothing wrong with more movies. Like it's fine. Like no. we enjoy, if we if there's if I like a thing, I want to see more of it. Um, you make more money if you make more movies. Exactly. Um, it's it's white trash winning the lottery. They're blowing all their money immediately instead of investing it and letting it accrue interest over time. Um, yeah, we're in a real my name is Earl situation. I understand. Um, uh, I I want to say I have a note here, and this is a this is a true thing, um, uh, and maybe not a thing that a uh, movie for babies should uh, make uh, someone feel anyone of any age. Scooby Doo, he's 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 modeled and he's animated like a real dog. Like he's still got like the cartoony like legs and everything, but like mm-hmm. there's moments in this movie where. Scooby is sad and he's scared and he's got his ears lowered and his shoulders hunched and he looks like a real life sad dog or a real life scared dog and it's a fucking bummer like it's <laughs> well, such okay. a bummer it, it, okay in all fu- in all fairness Vern I think it's in the same way some people are bothered by a racer head once they become fathers you're bothered by this because you have a dog now I was bothered Maybe. by it long before I became a father I <laughs> <laughs> I'm bothered by a racer head because a cow fetus screams at me for two hours. Two hours. It's maybe maybe you're onto something, Justin. But like, I have seen my dog like walk like that and act like that, like when she's in trouble, you know. And it's just like it's a huge fucking bummer for me. And like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying kids' movies can't have dramatic stakes and they can't have like, you know, like. You know, like, there's there's so many, like, in the 80s, uh, kids' movies were the most depressing things you could watch. Absolutely. They would have murdered Scoob in the 80s. Yes. Uh, Shaggy, would, Shaggy would have been traversing the swamp of sadness with Scooby, and Scooby would have been <laughs> swallowed up. And the whole rest of the movie... Would have drowned. Yes, and, and the whole movie would have been Shaggy by himself. And it would have still been called Scooby-Doo, but... Um, 
But yeah, it's. I'm not saying that you can't like have real life emotions in a kids movie. One of the best kids movies ever is Up, and that has some very real life emotions. I don't know. It's just. It's there's no greater payoff in this, you know. I don't know it's, it doesn't earn the emotion. It doesn't earn the emotion. It's it's just you're seeing a sad dog, and it's a bummer. Um, <laughs> so like, they have to. They realize the only way to stop Cerebus, um, and, and everyone knows about this, it's it's right up there with, you have to put a wooden stake through Dracula's heart, you have to throw water on a witch. <laughs> the only way to God. stop the Cerebus is you have to lock it in the hell gate that is controlled by a man and his best friend dog, and one of the two have to go to hell with Cerberus. It's I just, mean... That's right okay. up there. This is... This is some of the actual worst movie bullshit I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Can you... It's like if you're watching a movie about, like, this little girl has a peg leg and she doesn't feel like she fits in. And at the end of the movie, there's a hole that can only be plugged up with a peg leg. Like, it's the fucking worst... Shit. Only you can plug the dike, little Peggy. Only you can. <laughs> he's like, it's guys, that D-I-K-E. bad. D-I-K-E. He's not. Yeah. He's, don't cancel Justin. D-I-K-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's if a- the, the Harry Potter franchise had climaxed with like, oh, we need a s- lightning bolt shaped something to lean up against this wall. <laughs> but what could it be? It's a very- uh, it's the it's, worst fucking bullshit I've ever yeah. seen. It's I've ever seen. It's so complicated. They spend like a third of the third act just explaining the rules of how Shaggy goes to hell. In a Scooby-Doo movie, the sacrifice should be like, sorry, Shaggy, you, you can't eat that pastrami sandwich. It shouldn't be you have to fucking die. <laughs> you have to go to hell after... Not only do you have to die, but you have away. to go to okay, hell. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Real quick, hold on. One last performance review. One last performance review. Cerberus. Billy West as Muttley. Oh. Pass fail. Oh, Jesus. He grazza oh, frazzes yes. four times. So they, sure. <laughs> let's... Yes. So Dick Dastardly... Uh, he tried to get into the Hellgate the same way that Shaggy and Scooby do. Uh, mm-hmm. Scooby do do ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> oh. And but because Muttley is not a descendant of Alexander the Great, and this happens all the fucking time. I hate when this happens. <laughs> you know when because you go Muttley to the wasn't Walgreens. a descendant of Alexander the Great's dog, he got stuck in the Hellgate. It's what you happened know when... with our last dog before we got the one we have now. You know it's... when you're going to Walgreens with your pooch and you walk in with your dog and you grab your you grab your accoutrement and you try to leave, but your dog can't leave because he's not descended from Alexander. It turns out the Walgreens is a Hellgate. <laughs> Yeah, it's the Walgreens says service dogs and descendants of Alexander the Great's dogs allowed. Um, but yeah, Muttley is trapped in this Hellgate, and like I guess he's just been eating gold to survive for however yeah. long. And Dick Dastardly reconnects with Muttley, and Muttley is like it. It it makes you think that Muttley's gonna like ah I got you. I'm gonna play a trick on you. But no, they're they're friends because I guess dogs a man's best friend. Whatever. Um, so like yeah. that's, no, that's the thing. Dick and Muttley like each other. They're still, be- but they still just treat each other badly. That's true. Um, so that's I guess that's accurate. But yes, um, Dick Dastardly this whole movie hasn't had Muttley, which is like you know like 
Let's just make a movie with Mario where he's not wearing his fucking hat or overalls. Um, well, no, oh, okay. <laughs> the scene where they show Dick Dastardly sending Muttley into hell is actually good because Dick Dastardly acts like it was a noble sacrifice when he literally just shoves Muttley into the like through the gate. Yes, uh, yeah, he was, does a bit where he's funny. It, he does a bit where he's. The way he's describing it makes it sound like a sacrifice, but it's played over footage of him just being yeah. like, get the fuck out of here, dog. Go get my gold. <laughs> um, uh, Billy West is Muttley. You know it sounded just like Muttley. It looked like Muttley. <laughs> pass. Uh, yeah. Biggest biggest pass of the whole pass. movie. Oh, fuck. <laughs> they nailed Muttley. They fucking nailed Muttley. It is the most... It is the most Muttley you'll ever like. It's it's a hard that's, that's Muttley right near uncut mutt. It's uncut unmut uh, unmut gems. It's just it's, it's perfect Muttley. So they uh, yeah they encounter Muttley and Muttley um, uh, runs away with gold with Dick Dastardly. Shaggy gets damned to hell and uh, <laughs> and then he's sent back. Yes, because sacrifices mean nothing. Yeah, I, okay. So, you can do the I heroically sacrificed myself, but actually I'm okay thing. It's annoying, but you can do it. And most movies nowadays that feature this heroic sacrifice ending do some version of that. You know, we don't need stakes. What are stakes? Right. Because the, Mm -hmm. you know, the Avengers. No, we can't let this character die. We have three sequels planned. Right. So recent examples, you know, Tony Stark flies the nuke into the wormhole at the end of the Avengers, but he falls back out. He's fine. It mattered that he wanted to sacrifice himself. Uh, Guardians. Superman and Man of, and uh, Batman versus Superman. Um, yeah, but he is dead at the end of that movie. Oh, uh, oh that's true. No, they just bring him he's, back yeah. to life. Yeah, but at the very end of that movie, you see dirt rising off the coffin. So, like, you know. Yeah. It's, Even though he's still dead. So that doesn't make any sense. Whatever. Um, it's it's you showing know, that he's going to... Guardians... <laughs> Guardians 1, Groot sacrifices himself, and they get a new Groot, but the old Groot is dead. Like, the new Groot has none of old Groot's memories. This is a new Groot. Uh, The Goosebumps movie, that is great. Uh, Except for the ending. Except for the ending where the girl who sacrificed herself comes back for no reason. No reason. It's so frustrating because that whole movie is the main character trying to get over the very real death of his very real father. And they could have done so much there with the import, like accepting loss. And just because you physically lose someone doesn't mean they're gone forever. Mm-hmm. It could have been so good for children, especially in this like uncertain world that we live in. And not uncertain because of uh, a virus, but uncertain because this is that's how it is. Nothing is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But the end of Goose, Goosebumps, they have their cake and eat it too. And like, ah, the, the girl who sacrificed her, she's back. Your the death of your dad means nothing. It's fine. It's um it's why Star Trek Into Darkness sucks compared to Star <laughs> Trek Wrath of Khan because it even though Spock comes back in Star Trek Three: The Search of Spock, Search for Spock, his death means something yeah. in Wrath of it Khan. It was how many years between movies? It was uh m- more than one. It was several years between the two, and then and. And they try to do the same thing in Inner Darkness, but they reverse it, 
and it's Captain Kirk who killed, uh, who sacrifices himself. But they bring him back ten minutes later, and yeah. so it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't matter. Rise of Skywalker, C three PO erases his memory. And he, it's erased for exactly the wrong amount of time, because you can either do it right away or at the end of the movie, but they do it mm. ten minutes later for no reason in the middle of the movie. And so, it's... anyway, all this to say that Shaggy is in fact not damned to hell for eternity for no reason. There isn't one. He's, he's just not. He's been, he was <laughs> damned to hell for about a minute and a half. <laughs> and then he just gets kicked out. And then they're and like, why they, would Alexander the Great want to hurt someone like this? <laughs> there must be a back door out of hell. And instead of Scoob 2, Tube, being a the, the you know, the search Scooby, for search Scooby's for Shaggy. Inferno or something, the search for Shaggy, uh, they, he's just back. He's it's, fine. It's the uh, the old, like, uh, Orpheus and Eurydice, uh, Eurydice like thing where Scooby has Scooby. to go to hell and find Shaggy because Shaggy but eats he can't better than look anyone else him. in hell. And yeah, Scooby you can't, can't but... turn around and look or else Shaggy will turn to stone. Um, I'd watch that movie. Um, I'd watch myself yeah. getting hit in the nuts with a hammer over watching that movie. <laughs> um, this movie was $5 more expensive to buy, and I almost did it. I'm so glad I did not, so I don't just, like, have this sitting on my PS4 for eternity. I, you know, same, I, so I contemplated death it. death of the universe. But, um, yeah. And it's a bummer, because we missed it on the bonus features, but Oh, uh, damn. Um, um, so... Oh, damn, we're gonna miss Scooby's dance party or whatever <laughs> they were gonna pull together. Scooby Idol. Scooby, Scoob Idol, um, which, appropriately... Well, no, it's called, like, it's the Scoob, but it's just the voice. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh... It's the mass Singer, because they have Ken Jong already. Yeah, 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 it's whatever. See, that would have worked, though, because all the monsters wear masks! Right, <laughs> and you, you unmask the minor 49er... <laughs> And it's Shakira yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and I would have won See, too if it weren't for you great. meddling judges. Uh, <laughs> um, I hope it was worth two hours of podcast for that joke because I think it was. It's uh, <laughs> it's it that's was. so great if they do the that's fucking funny as hell. They do the mask singer, <laughs> but it's all like what they think are ghosts, and they take the mask off. It's old man McGillicuddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cheech Marin. Yeah. Cheech. Well, you should have known would... because the deep sea ghost was singing Mexican Americans only want to get into gang fights, and you're like, oh, I know that's that's Cheech Marin. <laughs> before before coming to the stage, I was born in East LA, and the the uh, the shows that judges and are like, I think it's Tommy Chong, and it's just. <laughs> They they're latching on to every part of the monologue that's used to give hints as to who he is that is not a hint, you know. And it's the like, the creeper so came close. out with a four foot doobie. <laughs> I think it's Tommy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, the creeper, yeah, the creeper came out with a four foot doobie. Obviously, the hint is doobie, and they're like creeper. It's Kevin Spacey, and it's just like <sighs> yeah. Uh, and I, I would watch The Mask Singer with Scooby-Doo. That would be hilarious. That's a really funny sketch idea. Uh, it's creative, which is why they didn't do it. Um, but, uh, 
at certain point they find out uh unlike oh, uh, scooby-doo they find out who's belong this who's behind this thing all along and turns out it's exactly who the movie said it was the entire time um it's dick dastardly they pull his mask off and for a second you're like oh it's simon cowell and Simon Cowell delivers a line, but they pull his mask off, and it's and then they say, the "How can one man ju- do such a good job judging musicians and commit crime? He can't do both." Yes, uh, <laughs> and it's like, come on, guys, have you ever heard of Phil Spector? Um, but uh, <laughs> it's it's but Spector is spelled T R E. Yeah, it's Phil Spector. That's a witch tweet. Uh, Phil Spector, and uh, they should have let no. For, they seriously should have just let. Um, they should have just read which tweets for the script, and it would have been a better and more authentic Scooby Doo movie. Exactly, you know, and that's what I'm getting at all along. They should have just had me as which tweets write this movie <laughs> instead of the four screenwriters that they had for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I bet you two of them have ampersands and one has the word and. Oh, let me check that ding, fucking ding, billing. Ding, ding, ding. Ooh, can I talk about the screenwriter story by credits? Group of Tay, a group of two with an ampersand, the word and, and then another group of two with an ampersand. Ooh, that's, all right. Can I talk about what that means? Can I talk about what that means? Have at it, bud. All right. So the way that writers' uh, uh, credits are done up in movies, and the Writers Guild is notoriously very difficult to determine why they bill things the way they do, uh, where you can, where all the screenplay nominees last year had screenplay by or adapted by and Greta Gerwig's was screen story by um it's very confusing but if you ever see two writers credits joined by an ampersand that means those two people ostensibly wrote a draft of the script together and that draft of the script was turned in reviewed by the WGA and determined But if you see the word and, that means those two people did not work in conjunction with one another. So it's like a PEMDAS system uh, where ampersands are parentheses around writers' names and the word and is is a a separate item. Um, So to put this for like, to put this in like simple terms, if Kevin and I were to write a script for Scooby-Doo together and submit it, it would say... Kevin Lanigan, ampersand Vern Tooley. But if that script was then handed over for, to Justin and Justin were to rewrite it, all by Justin enough, himself, all alone, all by Justin yes. himself, and there were still enough elements that it kind of feels like Kevin and I's. It the final screenplay credit for the movie would read Kevin Lanigan, ampersand Vern Tooley, the word and Justin Germeron. Right, and these credits are finicky because if you try to tell me that less than 32 people worked on the script of this movie at any point in time, I will call you a liar. Uh, But the Writers Guild must determine that your draft is significant enough to be credited. Like, you Mm -hmm. made enough additions personally that stayed through to the final version that you deserve your own separate credit. And so when you're watching the credits of, say, Ant-Man 1, and it says Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish with an ampersand, and Paul Rudd and Adam McKay 
with their own ampersand, you know that those people did not all four work on the script together. So that's a little, you learned something today. And there's, and there's little things mm-hmm. like the opening crawl to the original Star Wars movie, the one that was released in 1976 or 1977, the original Star Wars. That opening crawl was written by Brian De Palma. But you do not see his name anywhere in the credits because he did not contribute enough to that script in order to warrant a credit. Mm, And they do it all the time with, like, comedies where, like, Sean Clements, uh, he wrote additional jokes that were used in The Big Sick. um, But he didn't contribute anything to the story. Um, But, and this is only because you don't have to do this but this happened because someone on that movie is a nice guy sean clements has a special thanks credit in the big sick because they used one of his jokes in it exactly and they do things like that all the time for comedies like they assembled a writer's room to do like punch-up jokes for uh the other kumail nanjiani movie that they came out with after one with batista um oh and- yeah um, and but they like, do that for every every Adam Sandler movie eventually. Yes. Like, That's My Boy has David Wayne and oh, Ken Marino God. writer credits on it. You know, there's, there's all kinds of weird stuff like that. And uh, mm-hmm. just one more thing, since we're talking about it. If you see story by, that means that that person wrote a significant draft of the script, but that draft has been changed enough that they don't get a writer credit but they get a story by credit as if they wrote the script that this script is based on. Um, and it's all very arbitrary and it, and there are very few hard and fast rules, but now you know a little bit something about the opening and closing credits of the movies that you watch. What, what we're trying to say here is that if you see a written by or screenplay by or story by credit or whatever, and you see one name, Especially if you see that credit and that name being the same as the director, you know that what you're watching is a product of a singular vision. And you can tell by watching this movie that this is multiple visions. This is several different cooks in the kitchen. Yes, this is a, this movie is itself a three-headed dog, and the dogs <laughs> are constantly biting at each other's necks, it's, and they and don't. It, it's got one. It's three heads, but one ass, and just a giant pile of shit. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, uh, film bros, are we excited for the Hanna Barbera Cinematic Universe? Oh, uh, uh, the the credits so had the fucking gall to threaten us with the follow-up film. Start featuring uh, Blue Falcon teaming up with Atomic Ant, Grape Ape, and Jabberjaw. My cut of the movie did not happen. And it's that. gonna happen. It's gonna happen. This movie's gonna make a profit. Was that a scene, or was that in like the uh, the little an- animation they do? It's the animation. It was in the animated credits. Oh, so okay. Clearly hoping for it to happen. I did not see that. I probably because I had completely checked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the red mist had fully descended over your eyes. Oh, I, I will say that um, b- between the credits and the last thing we discussed, like, uh, happy ending, Mystery Inc. becomes a business, implying that if there is another one of these, they will actually solve mysteries. Yeah. And they get a high-tech Tesla uh, mystery machine. Yeah, yeah it's great. It's, Blue Falcon's a DJ. Great. And also, I mean, I know that this comic did not invent this, but there is literally a Hawkeye comic where... She sets up on the fucking Venice beach of Hawkeye investigations. Um, and I just wish I was watching that movie. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh happy ending. Uh, Mike, 
I, I and I know that like I've come across as a horrible contrarian and a horrible fucking asshole during this record, and I and I get it, but like, look, you hate cops. It's okay. Yeah, and and, and that's true. Uh, but also like a cab. Also, and, and and that's true. But that's because of a very real, very uh, very personal thing that happened in my life. A very big thing that affected me involving a uh, the death of a friend and uh, the son of a police officer. Like, I'm sorry if that's too real, and feel free to cut this out, but, like, I have... It's not just completely unfounded, my opinions I have towards police officers and people of authority. I've seen what happens whenever, like, someone abuses the privileges that come with a badge, mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. are left hurt because of that. And I'm a person who... And I never thought this would come out on a fucking Scooby-Doo podcast, but here we are. <laughs> Um, anyway, like, so, like, whatever, be be mad at me because I made a Huckleberry Hound joke, but it's because I fucking have dealt with real life, okay? So, anyway, like, uh, Scooby-Doo, like, I, I know I've come across as a horrible contrarian and a horrible asshole, but, like, I go into, I love movies. I fucking love movies. There, there's, there's few things I love more than movies. Um, and I want... The movies, like, this might seem like a lot to ask, I guess, but, like, I want them to be enjoyable. And if they're, they can be bad, but as long as they're enjoyable. And the thing is, like, I fucking loved Scooby-Doo as a little kid. Like, I wasn't, like, a huge mark for Scooby-Doo in my whole life with Scooby-Doo. But, like, if there was a situation where I was flipping through the channels and I saw Scooby-Doo on, it stayed on Scooby-Doo until it was over. Scooby-Doo was something that, you know, like, brought joy into my life as a kid. Mm-hmm. And part of the joy of Scooby-Doo is the simplicity of it. I don't care yes. that all 80 episodes of the original run of Star Trek, the original series, are the exact same. Like, because there's just, like, a, it's it's a there's like a joy to it and there's a comfort to it knowing that, like, your friends are going to be okay and good guys are going to win out and the bad guys mm-hmm. aren't. And um, it's just a joy to me whenever I see something that is made and made well. And you know what? Mm. Like, I know I've dogged on Blue Falcon, but, like, if there was a good Blue Falcon movie released, I'd be so happy to watch that movie. And I'd be so happy to watch a Snagglepuss movie or a Laugh Olympics movie. But, like, the thing is, like, and this is so lost on... so many people on both sides of the entertainment spectrum, those who make it and those who take it in, like, you you have to, like, you can't just put everything in a pot and put it on the highest burner. You have to take care of your ingredients, mm-hmm. and you have to prepare them at different speeds, at different temperatures, and, like, I'm not opposed to a Scooby-Doo or Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. You can make that thing happen. You can make a great movie where they all come together in a big wacky race or whatever, but like you have to lay those breadcrumbs out and you have to mm-hmm. establish that. And you have to establish, You have to do the work. You have to do the work and you have to establish like if you're making a Scooby-Doo movie like Fred is important. Daphne is important. Velma's important. And if you're going to do like, if you're going to do a wacky races movie, you have to set up the Ant Hill Mob and Penelope Pit Stop and the rest <laughs> of the gang. Like, you have to like build these things. And 
I love it whenever a movie is good, and I love it whenever, like, especially with things like this, because, like, you guys have seen it with, like, Marvel movies. Like, folks are so excited for the next one before the first one's even, like, come out. Like, people wait around for credits now because they want to see what's going to happen next. And the reason that happened and the reason that works is because, like, Marvel slowly doled all this information out. Avengers was, what, the sixth one? Or the seventh one? <laughs> like, yeah. The Avengers was a goddamn miracle. It was a, it was a miracle. Um, but Still it, the only time this bullshit has ever worked. <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, so like, I know I've come across as a contrary, and I know I've come across as an asshole, but it's just like, it's because I'm I'm bummed out. It's because I'm disappointed because, like, this could have been very good. Like, that when they recreate yeah. the intro, like, that was so much fun. And Scooby-Doo can be fun. And, like, we've you, you guys and I have talked about this over text message. But, like, I said I didn't like th- – I liked this less than I liked Sonic the Hedgehog. And my reasoning is because – Sonic the Hedgehog at least feels like Sonic. Now, I know in Sonic the yeah. Hedgehog... Sonic has never been good. He's never been good, yeah, and that's part of it. But, like, and I know, like, in real in real life, whatever, uh, but <laughs> Sonic, like, doesn't have emotions or whatever when he does the movie, and that doesn't feel right. But, like, the other component of Sonic's personality is that he's fast, and that movie is fast. Like... Scooby-Doo has had dumb crossovers before. Scooby-Doo has went to space. Scooby-Doo has been in the Olympics. Scooby-Doo has done all this dumb horseshit before, but, like, it's never been action schlock, and that's what this is, and so it doesn't feel like Scooby-Doo. I get Uh, you. I I get you. I talked there for a long, long, long time. No, 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 you're... Like, Vern, you are absolutely right. This movie doesn't... We've said it before. This movie doesn't like, like Scoob doesn't like Scooby-Doo. It doesn't like being Scooby-Doo. It, and that's fine, but it doesn't... But it, if it wants to be something else, but it doesn't transmute Scooby-Doo into the other thing well. Like, it, like, yeah, like yes, Dynamut doesn't feel like Dynamut, and, but it's, even then, what he, what he is now isn't good. Yeah, exactly. That, like, that, like, I think that's an even, even bigger problem, is that what they have now is just so banal. Yes. And flat. There's no energy. There's no vision to it all. They're not trying to do anything new. They're trying to plug something in so that they can start they can get a ball moving. But rather than, you know, tip the ball and let it go, they're just and build momentum. They're just shoving it down the hill. I really enjoy ice cream. And in some cases, ice cream is better like if you change it and transform it into an ice cream cake. But it is mm-hmm. never good when you melt it and you have to drink it. And, like, they they turn Scooby-Doo into, like, melted ice cream in a bowl. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. And, like, you can change it and make it something better. But, like, you have to have a certain set of skills and certain set of, like, whatever. You have to lay down some groundwork in order to turn it into action schlock. And this movie does none of that groundwork. And the foundation isn't there, so the whole thing crumbles in on itself. They left the pint out overnight, and they call it a milkshake. Yes. Yes. Precisely. Did well, folks. Kevin? No, oh, I just, um, oh, yeah. you know, y'all seem to have had it handled for a little bit. 
okay. uh, I I uh, I say uh, if you enjoyed listening to this and <laughs> one uh, congratulations, we'll know you listened to it. We're gonna leave a secret code here at the end. Uh, so to prove that you're a real fan, that you listened to it, uh, tweet at Greendale three uh, with the hashtag Scooby. Don't, and that's how I'll know <laughs> that you made it with to the, the end. With the question mark, though, you have to tweet it with the question mark. Yes. Yeah, Scooby, don't with a question mark, and that's how I'll know. That's how I'll know that you're a true fan. That you made it to the end of this special bonus episode. Uh, if you enjoyed this, if you enjoyed listening to this, uh, the Sonic the Hedge Pod. If you scroll back a little bit in this feed, you can find like seven episodes where we talk about the banal insanity of Sonic the Hedgehog, and it has a very <laughs> similar en- energy to this. Um, I hope you enjoyed this bonus uh, on the we... feed. And if you I'm didn't, sorry. I don't know. It was free. Fuck off. Like you, you didn't yeah. pay for this. Like <laughs> bite me. <laughs> If you did, are we longer? <laughs> are we longer than Hedgehog? Yes, this is longer than the Sonic episode. Yeah, we're is about it? we're about 10, 15 minutes longer. No, yeah, I, I think, think we said all. everything. It uh, it's bad. It's not good, and it's bad. It's 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 they messed up simple math, and it's it's a, it's frustrating whenever you mm-hmm. when you see uh, something that you enjoy and something that you care about, just like just goof it so bad. They goofed um, it real good, and they and they and they goofed it. They goofed uh, this. They went for a Scooby, but they got goof. <laughs> wrong dog. Wrong dog. Wrong dog. Goof. If you if you do like delving into the esoterica of Hanna Barbera, please check out the third arc of Jive Action Nerds, where we do just that. <laughs> third arc is not the right number, but you'll figure it out, dear no, listener. Oh, okay. Dear listener, wait, which wait, which was it? Maybe it was fourth? like six or seven. Um, oh, was it? Oh, absolutely. Anyway, this has been uh, a pod called Scooby Doo, and uh, maybe if enough of you download this, I'll convince these boys to do the 2000s live action movies. With me. I'll watch it. I'll Hell happy yeah! Watch it. Hey, Much on, better Scooby Doo films. Um, but until then, right, right, Raggy, right, right. Zoink, Scoob, like, would you do it for a Scooby snack? And as always, Matthew Lillard should be the only actor with an Academy Award, and he should have it for the live-action Scooby-Doo movies. Scooby-Doo, where are you? We got some things to do now. Scooby-Doo, where are you? We need some help from you now. Go, Scooby-Doo, I see you. Pretending you got slippers. This has been a Talkback Podcast.